Hey everyone, I wanted to take a chance here to actually open the door on a conversation that is really important. We'll get to the regular episode in a few minutes, but Justin put together a brief segment that he asked me to play before we started up tonight. Please also be sure to stay around until the end of the episode. The hosts were given a very special gift by the Focus Fire Chat moderator team, and they wanted us to record our initial responses to opening them all at the same time on stream. I've embedded that recording at the end of the episode. Here's Justin. Hey guys, it's Justin saying 0516 from Focus Fire Chat. I can't tell you what a year it's been. Many lasting friendships have been made. Amazing experiences have been had. And I can't thank all the Focus Fire family enough for the support along the way. I know we've had a fair amount of laughter. But right now I'd like to talk about something a little more serious that's personally affected me over the past year. In the last six months, I've managed to remove myself from a relationship that was both emotionally and at times physically abusive. This wasn't a passing relationship. It was a marriage of 10 years. Needless to say, it took a lot of will to break free. It took my experiences within this community to remind me that I was a worthwhile person and that I, in fact, deserve something better. Something more. If you or someone you love is in an abusive relationship, stand up. Say something. Cause a scene. Demand better. Because you deserve it. You aren't perfect, no one is, but you deserve better. Stop rationalizing, stop making excuses, stop the lies and the fear. Because life is too short to live in the darkness. And I'm certain, even without knowing each and every one of you, that we all deserve the light. If you or someone you know has been affected by domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Once again, this is Justin Sane from Focus Fire Chat saying stop the hurting and start the healing. So thanks for taking the time to listen to us. And I wanted to also take this chance to say that if there's ever anything that any of you feels like it needs a serious discussion, all the hosts here, as well as any of the moderators in the Discord server, have an open door policy. Uh, Just send us a private message over on Discord or email the team, um, and we'll be more than happy to discuss anything with you. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get started with the normal episode. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 66 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on December 30th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the flowery voice of Justin Sane 0516. Justin, how have the drops been for you? You know, they've been pretty good. Tried my hand at the hard mode raid and went up a couple light level points so that was good oh and i finally got a grasp of malik with hurt chain earlier today so yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
he's always excited to get presents. Um, <laughs> we also have with us Mel. Mel, how's the uh, how's the winter treating you over there? Um, it actually hasn't been too bad. <clears throat> they threatened a bunch of snow right before Christmas, and then it kind of went. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, it it kind of did something for a little bit of the day, but nothing really stuck. So I was hoping for a white Christmas, and I kind of just got mud. So, <laughs> um, nice. but it's getting so cold. Gorgeous. We're supposed to get we're supposed to get some more snow, I think, um, over the weekend and early next week. So, but my my biggest yay is that now. The first day winter's over, so we're getting more daylight every day, and this makes me feel much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we so we took a trip down to our, our my family has a ranch down in Texas, and so we were down there for Christmas, and my three year old was like super stoked because it snowed right before we left, and then we got down to oh, Texas, no. and like he's like, yeah, we're gonna get snow. He he wasn't too sad. Uh, if you guys are following me on Twitter, you saw a picture of him on my horse and he was like completely goofing around but like we got a christmas day we woke up and it was like 85 degrees outside oh. <laughs> i was like i'm like sorry dude oh. sorry dude snow's not happening <laughs> it's oh, not gonna man. happen i i think on christmas so like i host i host every year so chris december is like always kind of a crazy month for me in like my personal life because i'm cleaning and doing all that stuff blah 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 so I think it was Christmas Eve. I went to bed and it was like, I don't know, like three or four in the morning. And I remember looking at my phone and it told me it was like 10 degrees outside. I'm like, and you're not even snowing. Like, can you at least be cold (laughs) with a purpose? Oh my gosh. I was, I was so irritated. And you just, it's getting to that point where I don't do well in cold. So I don't know why I live here really. And (laughs) When I go to bed, I take a heating pad and put it in the bed and then turn it on for the blast because my feet are so cold that I can't sleep and they hurt. So Justin doesn't heating do pad there. cold either. No. Yeah. No. I'm small boned. So <laughs> once yeah. once I get cold, it's there. I'm there. It That's goes, where I'm going to be yeah, the rest of the day. <laughs> it goes down into your core, you know, like you, you can't get warm. So I... I, my, my goal in life is by the time I'm ready to retire, I we take our retirement, we go someplace like Hawaii or someplace with a beach and beautiful weather all the time, and I just live there and I die there. So, because <laughs> I feel like I'm putting in all the time for snow, no more uh. snow. <laughs> and I don't ski or snowboard, so like those of you like, oh, well, you got all you got Tahoe right there and Squaw Valley, and I'm like. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, given the topic, of course, we had to pull in a couple of chat members. Damoel, you uh, ready to discuss how drag lives matter? I am. (laughs) Though maybe not these drags. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm so proud of you for for that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for the distinction. (laughs) It's going to make this you, a lot easier. Can you clarify the <laughs> distinction? Because now I'm really confused. Oh, we will, we will get into that. We'll get that. there. Um, can you remind us real quick where everyone can find you if they want to continue tonight's chat with you? Uh, on our Discord, of course, and on, a, on Twitter as at Demoel. Perfect. And we'll, we'll link 
I will link all this contact information in the show notes, as always. Uh, Demigod257, I know you're uh, busy getting ready for the Focus Fire Chat book club discussion next week, so I'm glad you could jump in tonight. You uh, ready to get into the thick of it? Oh, yeah. I love the looks neat, you know, even if the devils kind of suck. (laughs) I'm always down. Yeah, dregs. Woo. All right. And how about you? Can you remind us real quick where anyone, everyone can find you if they want to continue the topic? Uh, you guys can find me here on the Discord chat or you guys can find me on Twitter at Dr. Lore Josh. Awesome. Well, of course, <clears throat> the topic of today's chat is going to be an exploration of the infamous House of Devils. Before we get into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last chat, we took a look at the vehicles that our Guardians have the ability to pilot throughout the Destiny universe. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, as well as my unique pronouncing of a jump ship's class name, as I was made aware of, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out in the internets. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes just to let us know how we're doing as well. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. Those include Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny, Guardian One, and Ghosts and Echoes, which also has the Destiny Audio Grimoire. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the lore of the Vex-themed strikes. So with all that, let's go ahead and look at what information we have about the Fallen House of Devils. Lorbot, let's go. Query. Grimoire. Database. Results found. Displaying on screen. Thank you, Lorbot. Um, the House of Devils. The devils take whatever nature has yet to claim. That's from Master Rahul, everyone's favorite smurf. These are the scourge of the city, the shadow below our walls. This is the house that led the battle at the Twilight Gap, the house we tell our children about to frighten them into behaving. The House of Devils have now devoted great strength to pillaging the Cosmodrome in Old Russia, hunting for something buried below. If they are not held in check, whatever they find might prove the city's undoing. (coughs) Foreshadowing. What? Yeah, yeah, we had no idea. Didn't we? We didn't have a clue. So, I what mean, was going to come of that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's there's not there's not a ton to really unpack that we haven't kind of already touched, you know, in the long running episode history. Uh, you know, obviously, devils were the predominant force at Twilight Gap. Um. Again, not really a surprise. If you if you look at the Grimoire card, you'll notice the color scu- or color structure 
of this this particular house is very red. Um, I don't really know, really at this point, just just from this card so far. I mean, is there anything else you guys think we should bring up, or should we keep keep going? Uh, nothing we won't nothing we won't get into in just a bit. Okay, and and then that kind of well, and I guess you know, jumping ahead there. Mel, I know we have a little bit of a a small faction within the house specifically that we have encountered quite a bit recently. You mm-hmm. want to take take the yeah, sure. So our next card is the Devil Splicers. The fallen put Splicers, their most revered scientists, to work in to work investigating and understanding Siva, the Golden Age wonder discovered in the Cosmodrome. As the Splicer's knowledge of Siva's potential began to take ship, a rift grew between the technological religious leaders and a younger, more ambitious sect of the rank and file, Devil Splicers. The leaders saw in Siva a new god to worship. The Devil Splicers saw uh, a way to become one with the very technology they worshipped. Siva was a means to a greater end, evolution. Yes. So yes. So that that is exactly the obviously the double splicers, which are new. What we've encountered so far in the Rise of Iron, um, essentially when they started discovering Siva, which I know we've already discussed at length in our Siva episode, um, it was pretty much they saw a way for them to become the gods that they worshipped, and then they felt that they have become higher, um, that they were more worthy, and. Um, and then there you go. That's that kind of <laughs> sums it up basically. I feel for the double splicers. I mean, you guys want to add anything else onto that? Yeah, um, just real quick. Uh, the splicers in general is not a is not a collective. I guess you would call them that is specific to the devils. Every single fallen house has one of these secret collectives, and there's actually a grimoire card specifically just for splicers. And that card, I, I forgot to throw that in the show notes, so I'm going to read it just real fast. It's a very short card. It says, Within each fallen house is a secret collective of tinkerers, bioengineers, and scientists devoted to the evolution of their species. These devout engineers are known as splicers. The splicer's purpose is found in the unraveling of biological and mechanical truths. They tear into systems to reveal their value, either as tools for survival or as advancements worthy of their reverence and deification. So, yeah, I mean, like like Mel was saying, this is kind of their entire end game is to find a way to deify things. But it also, you know, you know, when we were talking with enemy weapons, too... We were talking about how the fallen were really kind of. You can tell with the what design of their weapons how focused on survival they were. This is another kind of point that kind of points into that. And Mel, I know you had you probably had something to throw in there. Um, not anything as riveting as yours, but I always <laughs> like the term of using the splicers um, for its relation to when you're kind of splicing DNA. And mm. if you remember a lot of the the missions that you do, I remember the one specifically where they're taking, they took the ogre's eye out and made their own weapon out of it. And they were doing all these different experiments on the hive, trying to take the best attributes and trying to infuse it with themselves. Um, so I always loved the play of their name in relation to what they're actually doing. And that, and it reminds me of Bioshock. So that makes me happy too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So I mean, and and again, splice. So again, splicers are not not unique to the House of Devils, which actually is another point that I think was a, kind of a spin foil theory that we'll get to later um, within the chat about about Siva in particular. But guy, uh, Demi or Demo, do you got any? You guys have anything? No, I mean, I think we're just covering the basics at the beginning here. You guys are doing a good job. Thanks. Thanks. I, I like to think so. Very much. <laughs> Demi, do you want to, while we're on the topic of Splicers, like obviously Wrath of the Machine is a, is a good direction to take. All right. So here we are, Wrath of the Machine. Intercepted fallen signal. Fellow houses, fellow elixni, we have found a means to apotheosis to become machines. Siva can make you strong, but we can show you how to wield it, to free yourself from the bonds of ether. Find us in the wasteland and bring us an offering of Siva. In return, we will bring you to our chamber of perfection, and we will free you. Which, if you listen, or if you read some of the uh, Siva core fragments, is kind of ironic mm-hmm. that that would even be said. But yeah, but it, but they're just trying to they're just trying to break the chains of ether. But his so, ex is free. Yeah, no, he's not. And why did they give him spider legs if he never goes anywhere? He teleports. He doesn't need spider legs. That's just me. Because they look awesome. Okay, okay, that's a good point. Um, you know what it reminds me of. Have you guys watched the the Star Wars animated series? And when they brought Bar- back yep. Darth Maul, Darth Maul. Yep. doesn't that uh, remind yeah. you of it? I okay. actually think it's a reference. I wouldn't be surprised because he just, actually has like I a just view him as a giant drider. Let's not. Let's, let's not. <laughs> let's not bring. Um, let's not bring not? in the darkness that is Forgotten Realms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've actually got a question for Demi on this one. Uh, what what definition of apotheosis do you think he's referring to? The elevation to a divine status, or um, like the the pinnacle or the the highest point of the development of something? Uh, it would be the former, in my opinion. Agreed. Actually, they're definitely trying to become gods, and I think that's very evident in just the uh, elixir culture of of worshiping. To some degree, worshiping machines, and in this case, being servers. So I see no reason as to why they wouldn't want to uh, mimic that same sort of uh, presence that they might have mm-hmm. amongst each other. I could. Well, this actually brings me to a theory about the Elixnias. Uh I I don't I don't think that they had machining or computers before the traveler visited them. Um, personally, which is, I think, why they're so fascinated by them. Well, that that would explain the deification that, yeah. that kind of went that would down. Explain because... the terminology of what they use. Yeah, by calling the traveler the great machine, and so on and so forth. Like I, I think that they were probably just like a hive society that was very primitive, and the traveler dropped by and was like, "Hey, how about I show you these cool things?" And they were like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> and then. I... That makes sense because if you think of the servitors are their gods, it wouldn't they have made well, their god in the likeness of the traveler? I, I don't is- even think the servitors are actually their gods. I think that they worship them now because 
they, like you said, are in the image of the traveler. I think that they think they're a connection to the traveler, even though <laughs> well, they sound like they're, they also, they also talk generate that they're the ether too. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, I mean, they generate the ether, but not well. Right? right, 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 right. That was probably their original designation, and now either my theory, one of my theories, is that they aren't in necessarily intelligent, and there's just obeying the commands of the rest um and or the uh or they're they are part of the evil and they they are making their choices and the servitors like, yeah well because we i i mean the prime servitor so, i think has sentience and separate like well definitely but sentience doesn't necessarily equate to knowing exactly what's going on around them i i just am curious uh, okay. like we know we know that the archons and the Kells are evil, right? We know that they yeah. have evil intentions because we've I literally heard them say it, but we've never heard a. We have no. I no indication of yeah, servitors' yeah. personalities, if they even have them. What do was Calix? Did we have any indication of Calix's personality? No, I've checked pretty thoroughly. Okay, because I know, yeah, because like I mean, obviously, Sepix, we don't really. Meh. You know, yeah. have too much. We just we just murder him over and over and over yeah. and over repeatedly, <laughs> and then they bring yeah. So <clears throat> we'll get to that too. But because um, like servitors were also you know obviously pilots. You know that that was uh, what is that crucible map that I just went blank? No, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, the drifter, drifter, right? My favorite crucible map. Yeah, that's the flippy map. When you die, you do flippies, right? <laughs> yeah, because there's no gravity. Yes, no gravity. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. No problem. (laughs) But yeah, so like the prime, because like I always viewed the primes as part of the triumvirate of the fallen houses. You know, you have the Kel, the Archon, and the prime servitor. And the Archon kind of keeps the peace between the prime servitor and the Kel because the Archon is the mechanic. Well, that's that's actually what led me to have this theory is that what if keeping the peace is also basically just misrepresenting what's going on, right? Like, mm. we don't have any example. Like, we know the Kells want murder and rampage and revenge, and we know the Archons are literally insane. Mm-hmm. Well, we yeah, don't know the ones that we've any run into, yeah. yeah, which is a pretty good representation, but we don't know any of the motivations of the Servitors. We don't know how they're represented or what they thought about. Well, yeah, because... Because they were always utilized by the others. Because, like, when was it? It was Calix and oh, what was the other servitor line in the Reef Wars? It was Calix and another one. Because Calix was given, wasn't Calix the priority between the two? Yeah. So yeah, because I mean, they use they use that to overwrite the other servitors, but. Orbix, thank you, Herchain. Calix and Orbix. <clears throat> so, I mean, they've always been. We've always perceived them as being. I see what you're saying because we've always perceived them as being something separate. We've never really seen them particularly taking a foot or taking a step themselves. Correct, and we've never seen like we've never seen any motivation out of them. We get a lot of motivation from the Kells and Archons through the strikes and some of the Grimoire cards, but we don't have any examples of the servitors behaving in a way that is necessarily evil. 
Yeah. Demi, I know you had something to throw in there. Well, I just wonder if the servitors even can have some sort of reasoning behind their actions that's of their own. Um, because I know, or I'm trying to remember with the House of Wolves, um, they had one of the uh, one of the lesser Calyx, uh that they were trying to raise up as a new prime. So for me, that brings to mind, are these simply manufactured and do they sort of develop their own sense of individuality afterwards um, so that they might lead the remaining group of Elixir that's with them? Or, you know, is there someone who is always there attending to them? Um, Because even with, and I know this is about all the other houses I'm saying, but even with uh, House Exile, you know, we, we know little of House Exile to begin with, but, you know, we don't know if they even have a servitor to what degree of leadership that servitor might have, or if it's just there. So, yeah, I think if anything, you know, maybe our best example could be Sepik's and that's only to the degree that, you know, we've fought him twice now and it seems to have something, but Mm -hmm. yeah. And then demo. Um, and like so them them not necessarily knowing the situation and being sentient can go hand in hand right i mean think about think about military leaders right they don't know everything and if the intel given to them is incorrect or misrepresented they could they could do horrible things um in and thinking that they were good um so it could be the thing that they're either their AI doesn't necessarily understand the greater situation because again, they were built for piloting and, and feeding, which is kind of a weird, um, kind of a weird combination, but, mm, right. <clears throat> but it might be that they don't have the parameters to understand exactly what's going on. They may be sentient and smart, but they might not, they might not have emotional it, intelligence. Yeah. And from all we can tell the, the Elixney's, ability to repair and innovate is probably somewhat uh, limited may not be the right word, that's, but not. That's a fair point too. Is so like the servitors that we are experiencing might not be within what, what the servitors were originally. They could be a couple together. And they also could just be that they're still running off of the same programming that they did in the utopian Elixir world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, which would make them, very easy to manipulate right and so like yeah just another pun in pins and chat are talking about you know exactly that the programming could be human-like intelligence but they don't really have emotion necessarily or they don't have a real understanding of the world yeah justin no i was just gonna say i think i think sometimes we like to assign personality to Mm -hmm. things that that doesn't necessarily have those traits, I don't really see how, from a programming standpoint, uh, a servitor having any sort of emotional intelligence or a personality would be a, a worthwhile thing. I think the the fallen being an inherently kind of primitive culture when when uh you know they were visited by the traveler. I think I think it ends up being that they they might have assigned you know, a lot to these servitors and, and worship them as, God, as gods when they were just in reality, just, uh, you know, 
programmed machines carrying out their assigned functions? Well, it could be. I, we do have some indications that they have sentience and intelligence because there is a desire to follow them. And, I mean, you could take a toaster to a primitive people if, that hypothetically exists and has never seen technology, and they'd be pretty impressed with it. But after a t- day or two of it not telling them what to do, they'd probably move on. Mm-hmm. So I think that there has to be something to them to be that intelligent. Um, though I do agree that assigning personalities to them is probably erroneous. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I... And, and I no, go for it, go for it. Because I, I don't think... I think that we have we do have a desire to assign not just personalities but understandable personalities, and that's kind of what I'm trying to indicate is that these might be so alien because they've been that way since the Elixney were the Elixney that they might not be something we can assign something that we understand to. Right. Um. I was going to. And then one last thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I think most of the worship probably, in my opinion, comes from. Again, them them looking like the traveler and behaving somewhat like the traveler. I don't think that was originally the way it was. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was going to say real quick before you know going off the that segue of worship, but I was going to say too. The other thing is that you know we have the exos who are machines but are human, so they have they have personalities, but they're they're not biological in the sense like as far as we know. Um, and so it w- it's not something that's out of the war out of the possibility for something to be completely machine, but still have a degree of sentience and humanity or not humanity, but um, uh, psychological depth, I guess, to have emotion. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for destiny, destiny's universe, at least. So, but before we go down that rabbit hole. Going off the worship con- uh, concept, did you want to go to the quarantine card demo? Yes. Oh, wait. One I think moment. Demi had something real quick. Okay. Uh, no, just want to say in my quick little research on servitors, um, I think we can all agree that they, uh, that they do have sentience. Sorry, I'm like stumbling on my words. Um, but this little blurb just comes from the wanted high servitor card. Honestly, we don't understand their sentience, but they're of high value to the fallen. Treat them as strategic. Infrastructure. Oh, God, I can't speak today. I feel like Justin. That needs great. <laughs> um, oh, Justin's not back yet. Good. I let that one um, But yeah, so they do have a level of sentience. Uh, I do agree with you guys. Assigning them personality might not be accurate. Um, but there is something beyond just the machinery to them. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So quarantine. Yeah. Short one. The devil splicers, machine priests have established ritual sites for the study, worship and proliferation of Siva throughout the plague lands. It is unclear if these rituals have a specific purpose or if they are simply another form of experimentation in the devil splicers, continuing efforts to understand and control Siva interfering with a splicer ritual could bring about an aggressive response, especially if the priest's act of worship is ended swiftly and without mercy. So this actually ties really heavily into what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. In that, like in this, they're literally describing the fallen science as religious. Which okay, so here's here's an interesting thing. I was I was actually talking to someone about a completely different topic that is 
interestingly tied into this concept of rituals and destiny. Because if you, you know, if you've listened to me go on these rants about the light and the metaphysics of light, um, you'll notice, and the hive do this too. The hive have rituals to summon their paracausal capabilities. The guardians have rituals to summon their paracausal capabilities, which is explained when you summon your super, how every single guardian uses the same gestures and this has the same super. There's no unique there is no uniqueness to any particular guardian's super because everyone's using the same ritual. And the interesting here or the interesting thing for me here is that this is talking about fallen. Now the fallen are starting to use rituals, but they're using rituals for Siva, which is not a paracausal thing but they may view it as a paracausal source. Does well, it, I mean, do you see where I'm, do you see the, the tie in there that, that I'm kind of talking about? I think you're fixating a little too much on paracausal because I think I'm, I, we have evidence that guardians perform rituals for other reasons too. True. Right? True. Yeah. Um, and the fallen have a long history of, of machine worship, right? I mean, yes, ever since, true. Sepix, I mean, since the game launched, right? When you go into that Sepix thing, those guys are all prostrated before. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sepix, right? They're sitting there worshiping him. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's a few other mentions of it that are pro- that are eluding me. Um, and the Hive, the Hive might be an exception. The Hive may be mostly entirely paracausal. Yeah, because um, the Books of Sorrow, that's how they the, how, the books of sorrow say that's how they got their paracausal capabilities because yeah. that was the response that the worm gods gave and then like you know throughout uh king's fall especially you see that's like the just bludgeoning tone there's no subtlety there it's all over tone of worship and i mean especially the war priest is the best example um so yeah, I think I mean yeah, I guess I guess, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, I think actually, actually too, it's worth noting that when you're dealing with a group of people who are especially superstitious and I'd say religious, not like those two things go hand in hand, but when you're dealing with them, what they call a ritual could be as simple as programming, rebooting, making changes to programming. You know, like. You could be calling it a ritual, but really it's just what the process they have to do to harness the SIVA. And they might do ritualistic things um, while they're doing it. And, you know, this, it's just I think they assign that. It doesn't really mean that there's any substance to it. Right, right. Demi, I know you had something. Well, just to say that, you know, their rituals could just be uh, uh, some sort of uh, them exhibiting part of their culture. I mean, if this is if for them, they view a lot of these, if we're going to call them paracalls or just because we're talking about Traveler, um, if they're viewing them as these paracausal entities, then it would make sense that they would be worshiping Siva. They worship machines on a daily basis. Why would they not worship something that to some degree uh, replicates the identity of machinery? 
Yeah. And then demo. So um, this kind of ties back into what I mentioned earlier, um, where I was saying that I don't think that they had machines before the Traveler may have showed up. Um, It may also be that the only ways they know how to interact with science and technology and research and development is through a system of reverence, right? Because they may have literally learned, they may have gone from, you know, tribal people with, you know, obsidian weapons to you know information age essentially overnight yeah that's that's a fair point and i mean that that would fall in line with the entire order of splicers yeah like very very heavily i mean because you know a ritual and i i threw this up in the the show chat a ritual is the definition is just a religious or solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order so yeah just justin's response is actually what i was just about to say you can have a ritual to do anything it doesn't mean that there is necessarily something i don't i don't want to say supernatural but something higher it a ritual is just a habitual process you know someone there's there's a number of psych uh psychological diseases that actually yeah. involve rituals we call them ticks um because they you know there's something that they have to do uh severe ocd is one of those uh disorders and that's something you know like the person who has to touch the doorknob three times before they open the door you know something like that that's a ritual but there's nothing necessarily higher so i i definitely see what you guys are saying is that this could just be a ritual in something like that definition not necessarily mm-hmm. a ritual in a paracausal supernatural sense right yeah you didn't want to use my example i was going to but i didn't want to steal your example so yes justin's example is he has he could have a ritual to start his car but it doesn't mean that there's any substance to the ritualistic part of my car starting process but there is Justin because your car is very important to you. And never mind, I could we're not pray going to the gods of methane. And <laughs> oh just, my gosh! It wouldn't mean that it would start any more than when I just normally turn the key. Well, hey, you know what? Talking about praying to to things that aren't going to listen to you. You want to talk about Archon's Forge? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get down to it. The Archon's Forge is an ancient fallen rite of passage. Twisted to utilize the Devil Splicer's latest discovery. Fallen seek to improve their station within the Splicer's quickly evolving cast by making offerings of dormant SIVA to the Forge. Their worth is then tested in trial by combat. The offering's quality, fused, enhanced, perfected, determines the severity of the challenge and in turn, the level of augmentation the petitioner will be granted should they survive. That a guardian would dare challenge the forge with offerings of their own is an affront to the splicers that they will not take lightly. And they will not reward you with anything. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And it's just a court of Oryx style, little, little twist to their, their existing fallen meritocracy. Yeah. With some, yeah. A dash of Siva thrown in. Just a dash, right? Just a little bit. Just a sprinkle. Just a little just dab. Sprinkle it on. A little dab will do you. Okay. 
So it's a it's a bit of fallen fallenness. Yes. yes. <laughs> if I could just play devil's advocate, I would say yes. You mean Dredgen's advocate? All right, I'm done here. <laughs> but Mel, Mel, you're going to talk about the Shadow Thief. I so, am. Okay, so our next one is the Shadow Thief. Talking Revisited. about dabbling Siva. <laughs> All right. Variks has brought unsettling news. The Devil Splicers have used Siva to reconstruct an old foe. Tanix the Scarred has become Tanix Perfected. Tanix's crew has joined the Splicers. They're using Siva to reanimate his body and overtake his territory. Lord Saladin says you were indispensable in Old Russia, Guardian. We thought you should be the one to handle this. Commander Zavala and Ikor Ray. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what else to really say besides yeah. the fact that hey, there's a thing here. I need to go take care of it, which is what they're always telling us anyways. So, mm-hmm. but um, it was interesting though that they they can use the SIVA to reconstruct an old foe. It's essentially bringing them back from the dead, assuming that we killed them. Kind of, sort of. There wasn't Wasn't he thrown into the... Um, no, he wasn't. Never no, mind. He, Continue Shadow, on. Shadow Thief was He was shot. One. He was yeah. shot a lot. In the face. Yes. And if you did it the right way, you got a really cool Hivey Hive sniper rifle. And possibly mm-hmm. a really cool ship. Nah, never got uh, the ship. There's no ship. The, the ship. the ship is a lie. <laughs> the ship is a lie. Yes, it is. Okay, okay. okay. Funny story. Funny story. Okay, no, so. If it's about you getting the ship really easily, it's not funny. No, it's not about me. That's what oh, makes no, I got the ship pretty story easily. funny. Okay, yeah, so. Yeah, but I already like, hate you, dummy. Our. <laughs> One of our clanmates did not have the gun, didn't have the, the whatchamacallit. And so we're like, okay, and thank you. And then it came on and he happened to be out of town. I was like, well, give it, give me your login information and I'll get in and I will play as you and I will get you the thing. I was like, okay. And so we did it and we we went in and like literally the first try we're able to beat it. And he got the black spindle and he got the freaking ship and he didn't have to do it. And I ran that mission so many times, like as my character and never got the ship. I was so butthurt. <laughs> so butthurt. Anyway, that's my story. It's so, not a very fun story. Cool story, Mel. <laughs> awesome story. That's you I, know what? You know what? Okay. No more story time. <laughs> <laughs> so so just another pun in chat actually brings up a really interesting point. So does Tanex still have no house or is he now an honorary devil? I mean they're debating whether he's alive or not in the strike. Well, I guess that's true. So <laughs> Yeah. He, may, he may be literally How, how could you do that? Yeah, Blue, have you seen Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> that is or the, the Rick and Morty Thief version, revisited. which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that is the Shadow Thief revisited. It's just they're just parading him around <laughs> that ship, that catch. So that so that and, the uh, uh, so the contract I, killer won't won't kill him. I actually <laughs> liked uh, that they they the question they posed with whether he was ever alive. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Which could just them be them stirring the pot, but it's also but it's kind of an interesting little jab. Makes you think. Kind well, of, it seemed too much like General Grievous to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was that was one of the things that the I think the chat also talked about was 
were, and we'll get into that obviously much more, but you know, were the devil splicers the first to actually hit Siva? Unless someone else did and said, this looks like bad news bears. We're not going to mess with this. Or did Tanix, <laughs> did Tanix actually get an aspect of the nanotechnology? Because remember the splicers, you know, it's, this isn't the, actually the first time that we've hit that we've seen splicers. I think it was the wolves had splicers when they were breaking into the wolf, the vault. Um, Tanix is obviously, <clears throat> Tanix has obviously got something going on. Even even before all this, so, but I know I know that was part of the chat for a little bit too. So yes, I broke I broke a chat apparently. Way to go! Yeah, yeah. Night's not complete until that happens. Yay! <laughs> Demi, do you want to talk uh, Devil's Lair real quick? Bring us back into something that we know know a bit about. Sure, here I go. Devil's Lair. The Fallen will continue to claw at the walls of our city unless we strike them down. Beneath the ruins of the Cosmodrome, in the shadow of an old colony ship, we've located the House of Devil's Lair and the High Servitor feeding them their strength. We must destroy this machine god and send their soul screaming back to hell, Commanders of All. And this is the original iteration of the strike, which... We did back in beta, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's a very fun strike. I was happy that it was brought back. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is also kind of, you know, when we first, well, it is when we first see the giant eyeball in the sky that we all come to, to love. It's also where we just beat down the devils until they can't get back yeah, up. It was, it was kind of depressing if you actually think about how quickly we kind of put the devils down. It's like, oh, there's the Archon. There's well, you the- got to think about it. You know, they lost their Kel after <laughs> St. 14 head smashed one of them. Uh, we had killed their Archon, you know, very early on as like level two. So that must have been like humiliating for them. And then we just go in and just kill their prime server. I mean... Yeah, they At level what six? Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, and all of that, all of that could have been uh, avoided for them if that captain and Vandal in the opening scene of the <laughs> had just sniped Vanilla us, had just sniped you with his <laughs> Ron, because well, no, our ghost would have just resurrected us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and they're sm- they're they're dumb enough not to actually attack our ghost. So yeah, it would yeah. it would have been yeah, different timelines and all that stuff. Oh, don't no, we're not talking timelines. Don't do that. We're not talking timelines. Mel, you want to talk about Sepix Sepix Prime? Sepix Prime Septitank? Yes, yes, I can. Sepix Prime. I never believed a machine could know hate. Floating, emotionless, arbiters of life and death. Servitors are quasi-religious automata defended by the fallen with zealous ferocity. The exalted servitor of the fallen house of devils, Sepix Prime, has long been rumored to dwell deep within the bowels of the Cosmodrome. While the cows are the political leaders of the fallen, servitors are said to be their gods and their source of life-sustaining ether. A prime servitor is a target worthy of even the greatest sacrifice. Those willing to accept such a challenge will have the internal gratitude of a city desperate for relief. Sepix Prime relays 
uh, relies on fanatical reinforcements and its own considerable tactic abilities, including a short-range teleport and a powerful directed energy weapon. Aim for the eye and break contact if it turns your way. They really make him sound much scarier than he really is. <laughs> he had a huge critical yeah, spot. <laughs> I mean, like, he's like the easiest. When you get this 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 strike, you're like, yes, easy strike. But so, so yeah. Yeah, and Ooh, that kind of goes seconds. in line with the earlier conversation about servitors and their yeah, and their, sentience. Right. Oh, and also the where they fall within the hierarchy within mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the fallen. You know, like this one actually says servitors are said to be their gods. So I mean it's more than just like this, you know, higher being is literally the thing that they worship to. Yep. And then so, that, I mean, No, go for it, go for it. I was saying, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if they I think any any group of of beings that relied on a thing or an object to or something that you know seemed to maybe have some type of sentience we mean like we're just discussing that we're not we're pretty confident that they don't have sentience but um that uh it gives them their life and and if you think about gods in the sense of what they do they give life to things and then that's for why they're essentially worship for their God, for their life giving abilities. So, I mean, it makes sense for why they, you know, worship a servitor for their, for basically for their ether. And so it makes me wonder if they didn't need the ether or the servitors didn't supply it, would they be um, worshiped as much? I, you know, I don't, well, because the other, remember the other thing that servitors do is they pilot the ships, which was really important during the period after the whirlwind for the fallen. But I think it also kind of touches on why the Archon is such a, such a coveted or not coveted, but such a politically powerful position because the Mm -hmm. Archon is basically the main, the head, the head mechanic, I guess you would of, of the fallen houses. And so the Archon, so there's a, there's a, a pseudo triumvirate between the Kel, the Archon and the servitors or the prime servitor and the Archon, you know, this is what Dam and I were kind of talking about earlier. The Archon kind of is like the, he's the head quote priest, but really he's a mechanic. He fixes the servitors. Mm-hmm. He, he repairs them. And the yeah. Kel holds the elder cipher usually, or they cipher, which is basically the key through which ether flows. So, the servitor generates ether. The archon repairs the servitor and translates the servitor's, you know, sounds. And then the Kel takes that ether and distributes it to the most worthy of the fall or the the fallen. Which is why an ether, uh, which is why different levels of fallen are different sizes because ether actually allows them to grow physically. So that's why a dreg is so much smaller than a vandal and a captain um, Mm -hmm. and a, you know, a Kel and an Archon and all those different classes. That's why they get progressively bigger because they've, they technically are getting fed more ether. And it's also what Damo just loves about the Kel because it gives them a 
complete dictatorship really over the remainder of the the fallen. So that's where the Kel source of power is. And then, you know, the, those three of them, they don't, it's like a true Roman triumvirate. They never really get along, but they can't exist without each other. So it's like a, it's, it's a, it's a very tenuous treaty between the three of them, if you would. Mm-hmm. So, but it, I mean, yeah, in, in the, and you can see within this, this card, the, the role of all these pieces, it doesn't really mention the archons in this particular card, but you know, yeah, exactly. You, I mean, I think you hit it on the head. It creates life. It, it talks, you know, ether is something that they absolutely need to survive. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Dimmy, Dimmy is, yeah. Uh, The Kel, the Kel is Caesar. The Archon is Pompey and the prime is Marcus Crassius. So, wow. Yep. Yep. It's true. It's so true. That's, I mean, like it's, they, they really do have an uncanny parallel to a, to a Roman triumvirate with the, uh, the political structure. Yeah. I always liken it to, to take it back to like, uh, Aztecs. Oh, that, you've got yeah. the, the emperor, the shaman and the deity. The the emperor can can make laws and he can say all the things he wants to say, but if the shaman speaks for the god, and then you you know what I mean. So yeah. who really has the power here? I guess is the question. They need to implement the the separation of church and state. <laughs> that will help. Well, yeah, but they weren't that far along. Well, well they didn't build yeah, their pyramids they're, right. They were stair stepped. Their religion might not be like anything we conceive of originally. Yeah. Right. It may have actually been a religion. Like it, it, I'll use, uh, I'll use Superman here actually. Cause on Krypton in the Superman universe, they, their, their knowledge, their religion was science, right? Their gods were all about benefiting people and, and advancing and enlightening people. Not, not like some of the examples we have here on earth where they kind of yeah. go the opposite direction. So, yes. sorry. Their original, their know, original religion might not have been so restrictive. Right, right, and I can I can totally see that again. But I, yeah, I totally see that because, and you know, kind of going what you were saying about their um, the repairing capabilities too, and we not knowing what the effect was on the servitors because they are machines. You know, it's kind of like what happens with the exos. You know, progressively. We don't know how the exos were created. We don't even know how to repair them. If we didn't have ghosts, the exos would not work because they're the well, only ones who can work. What? We have non-guardian exos. <laughs> no, 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 so, no, 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 no. I'm yeah. saying without ghosts, we couldn't repair exos. Not resurrect, repair. Like, there's Do we no, know that? Um. Oh, hang on. I think I. I think I have that. Hang on. I mean, I don't want to go to out your Clovis Bray Wikipedia pages. Yeah, I know. Brain it. Because I remember reading something about the ghosts. Maybe it was the. Well, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Keep, yeah, hey, do this later. Justin, while you want to, Justin, you, you look. You, you look at the the upgraded version of Sepix. I'm going to look at the yeah. the, op, the options to upgrade our Exos. Yeah, yeah. So after after we face Sepix Prime. 
we get an updated version of him that looks like he drove through a yard sale named Sepix Perfected. The, <laughs> the fallen House of Devils had a firm grip on the Cosmodrome until brave guardians began to push them back, taking out their leaders and engaging the Devil's crews at every turn. Despite continued success against fallen leadership throughout the Cosmodrome, no victory delivered a more crushing blow to the Devils than the destruction of their god servitor, Sepix Prime. But Sepix has been reborn, augmented and perfected through Siva, and set to usher in the conversion of the House of Devils from desperate scavengers to Siva-powered soldiers. Through Sepix and those like it, Siva will change the world. And then I have just a quick little uh, little blurb here from Shiro um, about Sepix. The House of Devils marked you as public enemy number one after you trashed their prime servitor. But your old friend Sepix Prime is back. And apparently better than ever, thanks to the Devil Splicers and Siva. Yeah, so we got an updated Sepix with just a whole lot of Siva dangling off him. And it's really not that far-fetched to think that Siva could bring him back because he's completely inorganic as far as I know. Yeah. Um, One of the things that's interesting about that strike, actually, is that that's the first time we get an indication that the Devils and the Splicers may have gone separate paths. Okay, yeah. Uh, Because there's that speech from Shiro on the way up where he's discussing why they would have Siva'd uh, Sepix, and they, he's saying as an offering to the other devils. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, I th- I think, you know, just like anything else, there's probably these purest devils who are like, yeah, um, you know, it's you can almost look at Siva in, in a very extreme sense, like steroids. Right? So when you have steroid use in sports, yes, it yields it yields very positive results, immediate positive results. But there's always those who say, mm, "Yeah, I'm not doing that to myself." Yeah. Like th- this is not something that will end well. There's, well, and it's there's always cooler heads. Well, and it's even worse than that because it's not. I mean, it, that's a good example, but it's it's also if you combine that with impersonating a deity mm-hmm. as well. Right, it's not just like loading up on steroids. It's also putting on like Thor's clothes and parading around as him. Yes, yeah. So, I'm still looking. <laughs> All right, let's go into this after. Yeah, well, because well, I did find an interesting tidbit about the Exos, but yes. We're not going to get into that because I'll never stop talking about that one. Did we want to uh, – Demo, did you want – talking about Sepix Perfected, um, did you want to do Ghost Fragment Fallen 5? Sure. Frozen on the monitor was an image of Sepix Prime, the massive prime servitor that had been as a god to the House of Devils. Where once its plating was pristine, carefully maintained by the Archon Priest and his acolytes, it was now splotched with red growths. The ether power emanations that once glowed strong and pure were obviously corrupted. Guardians had slain this god, and now it was reborn through Siva. Varix of House Judgment sneered at the abomination. Golden Age Project, yes. He clicked, turning to the crow. His field agent was a young, awoken woman. 
technology of old earth, learned from the great machine. The elixir burbled to himself in mocking laughter and gestured with his lowered hands. You do us proud. Go, speak with other crows, learn more about these devil splicers. She nodded, a small smile on her face, and left the chamber. Varix allowed himself a moment of silent contemplation, looking at the now-closed door to the information suite. As always, it was only lit by the light of a dozen or so monitors in the room. The fallen interlocked his upper hands. He bowed his head and he allowed himself to really feel the impact of that abomination on the screen. He never allowed, would have allowed anyone else to see this, but it hurt, seeing the horror that was Sepix made anew. His people had fallen. Varric stared at the image of Sepix, and, as he had done before, he wondered what would have gone differently had he been there among his people. Could he have stopped this before it happened? Could he have found them a better way? Must be a better way, Felixny, he clicked quietly. Must be a way to stop the fall. Dun, dun, dun. So, I mean, this is one of those places where we have a solid indication that Varix is trying to help his race. Mm-hmm. Well, and we kind of knew, if you pay attention to Varix at all, you kind of knew Varix was on that on that side already. But it's interesting to me for, or for me, it's interesting because this is a, a person who, or not a person, a fallen who is not obviously in house, the house of devils viewing the devil splicers work. And it almost, which the, the intriguing thing here is that house judgment, you know, we demo, we've definitely talked about this is like house judgment kind of seems like this weird house of the fallen that kind of is in every single house. Like they have an agent kind of in it, you know, we've talked about how they kind of seem to have an agent in every single house and they don't really have a Kel or anything like that, that we can tell. But at the same time though, Varix doesn't seem to know anything about the devil splicers. Which is interesting well, to me. Or do you think it's just these devil splicers that he doesn't know? I think he's saying that derogatorily. I think there's disgust in his tone is what they're trying to get well, there. Okay, I see. Like he's seg- he's separating these splicers from the, the rest from of like, the splicers. Well, because I mean, if they were once a hallowed thing, then yeah, it might... Because he even goes on to say that this hurts him to see. So it might be that... This actually disgusts and upsets him, and he's trying to, you know, extricate them from himself. Right, but because you know the thing with Varix is he's very obviously knows what a splicer is. He has two mechanical arms. Yeah, I mean he he is he is himself literally a product of splicers. Were not well, not a final product, but he has he has obviously had encounters with a splicer of some kind. Because that is the only way for him to have those mechanical arms is to have them spliced. Whether or not he did that himself or, you know, he, you know, however, however they came about, that is, you know, when we read the Spicer card, that was exactly what the Spicers did was the augmentation. So, I mean, I think, yeah, I think, again, yeah, I think I'm kind of in agreement there. I think he may be just segregating out these Spicers from the other splicers, the the normal splicers. Well, yeah, because I think he doesn't really want to believe that his race is done, so to speak. So I mm-hmm. think that you're right. I think that he very much wants to like 
remove those worst elements from the race before considering it um, so that he oh, can still, yeah. Yeah. He, so he can still believe in his people and redeeming them. Yeah. But it's also, he sees this revered life giving entity that he's more likely worshiped. Not, not specifically Sepix, I don't think, but that class. But yeah. Yeah. That, that type of entity that, that has signified for him life and and prosperity his whole life. He's just seen this bastardized version of it paraded before him that's just been completely and utterly utterly corrupted. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what really hits home for him. And I, I actually think before this, he knows with his mind how far they've fallen. Um, but with his in his heart, like emotionally. I don't think he it has hit him how far his people have fallen until he sees Sepix um, with Twizzlers hanging all over him. <laughs> I think I think it's partially that, but he did see he did see Skolos, and he reacted much the same way yes. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah very very disappointed at Skolos. I don't think it was yeah. as intensely though. I think yeah, this with, is pretty with the, the splicers. I really think it's he's looking at the depravity of a certain sect of his people and to some degree it angers him and to some degree it saddens him. And, you know, we do know from Skolos that uh, with those later cards, you know, he, he makes it his own personal mission to, uh, to sort of revitalize the elixir, not the fallen, but to bring them back to their own glory in however fashion he might do so. And that's why at some point he laments, you know, what would have happened had he been with Skolos? You know, if all of the uh, all of the Elixni respect the House of Judgment, then he might have done some sort of conciliary work with Skolos to better whatever uh, efforts that Skolos uh, was pursuing. You know, he sees what the Devil Splicers have done, and I think to some degree, uh, it's sort of like what Olivia said in the chat. You know. He might not have somebody else within the House of Devils mm-hmm. that can really pass on this information. And maybe he just might not know. You know, we we sort of assume that Varix is this fountain of all Elixni and fallen information, but there's clearly a lot about the kings that he doesn't know, and a lot about it is inferred, even inferred by Aldrin, who, you know, seems to have a better idea of what the kings might or what the Kell of Kings might be planning at some points. So, you know, I think we as the gamer and as the audience for these events sort of put a lot on Varix and we tend to think that, you know, Varix should know everything. And even if he's not saying anything, we are inferring what we believe from Varix and Varix might just not know. And Varix is reacting to this as we are reacting to it, you know, contemporary to what we're seeing and what we're going through. And so when he says we need to stop this fall, it's because he already knows that this has gone on too far. And Varric has obviously committed himself to a group or to a cause from which he thinks that he might be able to better his people in the future. And part of that will be seeing what the guardians can do from there on, what might happen with the rest of the fallen, you know, they're, you know, I think a big wild card for the fallen is they're still house exile. They're still the remnants of house winter and, whatever might be left of the wolves, you know, we have the devils of course here, 
and it looks like the majority of them have been doing what they can to achieve and so on and so forth. But if we're going to take the now most uh, now most powerful sect of the Elixni being the kings, and we know that they are in their own certain area and they're plotting their own advance, so on and so forth, then what might happen if, you know, like several people have thought of, if Varys, uh, if Varys, if <laughs> Varys, uh steps up and might break out of his mold of being of house judgment and who knows he might be the king you know he might be the kell of kells he might choose to lead his people at least gather them and bring them towards a leader who he can properly recognize and it's clearly evident that he can't do that with the devil splicers and probably not with the devils at all at this point yeah, and the other the other thing is, you know, talking about like the the difference of his of Varix's response between Skolas and then, you know, Sepix. I think Demi, I think you're you're spot on is as regard in regards to like this is Varix learning about something because you know, within the universe um that he exists, he he is not he is not all knowing as far as the the fallen go. And I think, you know, that's kind of the, the frustration of being a spy master when you don't have spies in a particular area. But the other thing is, is like, you know, we were, this is just a thought that just kind of occurred to me is like, he was disappointed and he was disgusted with what happened with Skolas, mostly because of like just the lack of honor and the just complete disregard for civilian, um, casualties, you know, Skolas purposely attacks casual or civilian sinners and bomb them. And, you know, he just attack, attack, attack. And he's he just like cruel. And he was just butchering and murdering things. But the thing is, is that throughout that entire thing, Skolas depended on the individual fallen underneath him agreeing to follow him. The problem with Siva is, is that once it takes hold, you lose your individuality. You're consumed by it. So you are no longer free. You are, you are putting on shackles that are even more powerful than the shackles of ether. You know, we were joking about the whole, we will free you from ether thing at the beginning of the episode. And that, that, that's kind of the thing that I read about Siva is that the, you are literally putting on a yoke that is even more powerful and even more heavy for you to carry thinking that you're going to be freeing yourself. And that's what I think when he sees Sepix, it's like, it's kind of like, Oh, well, if even a prime servitor can fall to this, this is something, this, this corruption is something that is, is too powerful. It's not something that we can, you know, I can convince the individuals fighting under Skolas. I can convince them, you know, one by one if I have to, but you can't convince cogs in a machine. Right. If that does that make does that make sense to you guys? Or, yeah, I mean, that yeah. makes complete sense to me because Skolos was operating under a caste system that I think Varix probably agreed with the system, the the way that he did his business. Maybe no, but the 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 guidelines and kind of the the structure of his of his command was not. And he really, not really different from anything the Fallen had seen thus far. It was his actions that he disagreed with. 
this is like the perversion of their whole society. Well, and it's also it's also the perversion of their entire it, it it's it uh hang on I'm I don't have the words. It's a perversion of the entire concept of progress in their mind. Yeah. Right? Cuz you know well, you're you're fighting for freedom but in order it, it's the whole it's the whole paradox of why do you have a war why do you have a war for peace? You know like that they they don't they don't equal each other. You can't you can't wage a war to in, you cannot force peace onto people. Peace has to be something that is agreed upon because if you force peace on people, they're going to be rebellions against that. Damn, I know you have. So I think that both this event and the event that broke him originally and made him defect, um, I think that they're both big perversions of their society, right? Because he's this is this is like a religious perversion. Not only is it is it corrupting the very life that they live off of. But it's also them raising themselves up to be divine, which is sort of dodgy. And then for Skolas, it was the the feral rage and hate that he was feeling, right? Which is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's never that's never going to lead to betterment, right? That's not going to make situations better. It's just going to make it awful. Yeah, no, and that's and the, you know, there's another interesting mystic mystic Rose in chat actually made this made this point is. You know, she asked, "Do we know if Varix was ever a splicer?" Um, I, I'm actually as soon as she said that, I went and I pulled up the Varix the loyal card, and it's actually I think it actually is possible that Varix was a splicer. Um, he, you know, he he was in House Judgment. Obviously, we all know that, and he says that he traveled with the many houses before wolves. We move across the dark, follow the light. Advise Kells worshipped primes. I mean, that's kind of what I get the feeling a splicer does. It could be. I I have it's it's definitely there's definitely open for interpretation because there's not Yeah. I, I, mean, I like, personally th- yeah, think that House Judgment was like a calling and probably all consuming. I don't I don't think that they had any other roles, which wouldn't mean that they weren't splicers, but that's it is definitely well not the, a clear-cut thing the, the other the other reason i'm kind of thinking that it might be because there was oh was it it wasn't hunt it was uh Skolos defeated when he yeah Skolos defeated he's carving the amethyst oh yeah and like he he's he's he actually like he's cutting well he cuts himself but he's actually like he's making something with the amethyst and like we, we only I think the only experience really with us that the amethyst that we we see is as a consumable. I'm trying to remember if there was a specific uh, flavor text on that with the royal amethyst. No, there wasn't. Um, but, but we know that they're valuable. Yeah, we know they're like super valuable. Yeah, it just says clusters of rare glimmer laced gems from the queen's crystal barrows. Well, glimmer is. Uh, I mean, there, I mean, I'm just I'm kind of following a a rabbit hole there. But I was just thinking, I was like, you know, there there might maybe house. Ju- I don't know. I'm gonna get in trouble with all that spin foil. <laughs> so back back to the house of devils. <laughs> Before we get too far off off track on Varix, Varix is an amazing amazing topic. Um, 
Well, so so that, that, have me and Damo here at the same time. We start talking about Commander Cody like it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there, that was that's a lot of the grimoire that is like primarily dealing with the House of Devils. Now that is not the only grimoire that the devils are mentioned. Um, we're not gonna. I don't. I don't think we have time to read all the grimoire that the devils are because the devils are definitely one of the more well presented fallen houses in the game. And I'll, I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. But the other cards, in case anyone is interested, that they're mentioned is the Ghost Fragment Mysteries 3, uh, Exodus Blue, or sorry, Ghost Fragment Exodus Blue, Ghost Fragment Fallen 3, uh, Varix the Loyal, obviously, Skolas Defeated, again, uh, there's Restoration, the card Exodus Blue, Old Russia, Lord Silamar, Yavik Wolf, Wolf Baron, Paskin King Baron, the Gone to Ground, and the Hakan Pre- Precipice. So all those cards actually are talking, or they have a mention of some kind to the devils. So it's no surprise that when I talk about this next thing, it's going to be a rather long list, and that's the known known individuals within the devils. Um, some of these, some of these individuals even have their own grimoire card, uh, especially because of the wrath of machine raid, because those are all devil splicers. Um, I'm just going to kind of go down the list here. Uh, we do have, so there, there is a couple, or I think this is, yeah, I think there's a couple that we don't know if they are specifically house of devils. There is the, uh, the unnamed Kel who is killed by Rezal Azir. This could, this individual could have been another house simply because within the card, it does speak of a, it, it speaks of a falling banner that was unknown. And at that time, the house of devils should have been known. So there's a possibility that that's a different Kel. Um, but then going forward from there, we have Sulkis, who is the infamous headbutt recipient. Um, we have Rixus, who's the Devil Archon, uh, and I think Rixus, uh, we kill him in the mission Restoration, which is the second mission of the game. So we are we actually kill him. Um, that takes us to Axis, who is the Archon Prime. Again, we kill him. You'll note there's a very common theme with the Devils that we know about. Um, Axis was actually Wrath of the Machine. Uh, Sepix or Demi, did you have something you wanted to toss in? Nope. You can continue. Okay. 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 Yeah. Just, just let me know. Okay. So Sepix prime, uh, again, killed by the guardian in the strike fire team with devil's lair. Uh, he gets brought back as we've kind of discussed with Sepix perfected. We kill him too in the strike, uh, which is Stepix perfected that strike. Then we go to, I guess not the, the triumvirate positions, but the more notable positions that brings us to, uh, a individual Baron called, who was a splicer Baron called dress six. We killed him in the Sepix perfected strike. Um, the devil's high emissary, which is actually a really random individual that you see in a quest called bad blood. We kill him too. Um, actually, Oh, here's a, here's a rare one. This person is not dead that we know of. And that is Aramis, the ship stealer. This is a baroness, a devil baroness. 
And uh, as far as we know, we think that she is stuck in the prison of elders. She's not dead, though, as far as we know. So she's she's on the super special short list that I have. Um, the other individual who's on the super special short list of individuals who are still alive is Vargas, the clever headed. Um, this is an actual prisoner of the prison of elders. We do not encounter him. Um, and he does not have any particular title. He's just the clever headed. Apparently Varric's outsmarted him and put him in prison. Um, the other individual who may be alive is Ron, who is the devil captain at the end of the first mission that you see at the very end. Um, you just see him and that's the one that should have taken the sniper shot, but didn't because he was silly. Uh, there is a theory that he becomes Randall, the perfected, but we all know Randall, the vandal probably became perfected. So Randall, the vandal or Randall, the perfected also dead again. Ron doll. Ron doll, I guess. Is it, yeah, is it Ron doll or is it Randall? What, what are we, it's, Randall. it's Randall. You put the emphasis on the wrong side. Oh my God. I, I would not be surprised if I did that. So, um, who else we got? We got, we have a couple, we have, Oh, this is an interesting one. Devil claw. This is a, I'm, I'm curious what a devil claw is. Uh, I think we have a couple of them. We have, uh, locusts and, uh, relics. Both of them were killed again by us. I'm assuming it's a fancy term for assassin. Cause aren't they the, uh, v- uh, one of them was in the saber strike and then another one. Oh, where was it? It was a patrol mission in old Russia. So there was, yeah, there was one who was in a strike and then one, the one of the random patrol missions that you get, I think it's an assassination mission. Uh, and then, then we have, we have a couple, uh, splicers, obviously splicer captain Cavus. Uh, that was actually one of the individuals from the Kavostov mission and he died by us trying to think who else do we have another splicer captain? Am I? No, we had a devil captain, which is Ron. Um, okay. And then we have ran Ron, (laughs) whatever you want to call him. Um, let's see. We have Archon rising Carhis car Carhis. Uh, he was, Hey, we killed him too. Surprise. Uh, he was another one. Like I said, there's a very common theme here. Um, he was another one that we killed as a patrol mission in the plague lands. He, I think he's the one that we piss off with the, uh, quarantine. I think, I think that's the quarantine patrol. He's the one that keeps, keeps getting put down. Uh, and then we have Kovic who was the splicer priest from the abomination high strike. Guess what? We killed him too. Sort of, yeah. Hate, oh, God. He needs to leave that poor ogre alone. Um, I'm trying to think. Devil. Oh, we have Siege. Okay, there's a random Siege Engineer that apparently has a name, Meeksis. He was killed in Wrath of the Machine. And then this one was an intriguing one. 
Naxus is a devil baron, and we kill him in the Devil's Lair Strike, but he wears the color of House Winter, which was fun. I'm like, I don't really... Wait, which strike was that? Uh, Devil's Lair. So he's hmm. he's a devil baron. He's labeled a devil baron in game, but he he his colors are that of House Winter. So do we think it's a error or possibly a trophy? I I have no yeah well and we know we, yeah because they're trophies from the Plaguelands. Demi, I know you have. Well, so when it comes to Naxus, this is where I start thinking back to uh, the character model similarity between Rixus and Draxus, the mm-hmm. Kell of Winter, and part of me, part of me thinks that at some point you know Naxus might have been. Uh, a winter baron who crossed over to devils and, you know, might've just kept his attire. That's the only logical way I could explain that. Um, however, on the opposite side, I remember that thieves Den, which is on Venus is, uh, it's a devil. It's a, and it's an abandoned devil layer. And, when I think of the fallen that are already on Venus, I'm thinking of winter. I'm thinking of Draxus. Right. So right. my idea, my headcanon, at least for Draxus, uh, which I guess could be in some way used for Naxus is that Draxus was either a devil archon or he must've been a high ranking devil who, you know, had at some point split from the main devil contingency to overtake winter, which really should, you know, tell the devils that they have a real serious authority issue because, you know, <laughs> then they have the splicers come up and all this nonsense. I mean, God, they should have just went the way of exiles a long time ago, but that's my headcanon. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's the only way to, uh, to sort of legitimize whatever might have happened in mm-hmm. the fact that we have Raxus and Traxus being similar character model. Because I would like to think that all of the Archons and Kells, depending on what houses they're from, would probably look in accordance to their house. Um, right, right. Well, I mean, yeah, you would think that. Because Axor is technically the wolf Archon, but his colors, well, his colors aren't even the colors of kings because he wears some sort of transparent yellow gear oh that's Um, right yeah but when you but when you do look at high ranking uh high ranking fallen they all pretty much look very different you know skolas does not look the same as draxus draxus does not look the same as axor even if he has the same character model as rixus um and for me that's a good way for me to identify what house this person is from so if we ever did get uh, the Kell of Kings, you know, I would hope that his, you know, his skull structure or whatever, his mask would be very regal and ornate and something like that. You know, just these little things that what, you know, when you have things with the fallen here, like Naxus being of house winter color and still being a devil baron, you know, it is a question of, is this a mistake or are we supposed to sort of, infer the reasoning behind this. And at least for Draxus's case, I feel like I've done that well enough for myself. I don't know how that would fly with anybody else, but um, yeah, you know, that's, that's my whole little 
Yeah, and those two. I mean, the Kettle of Kells is obviously going to have 10,000 arms. He's a marvel with 10,000 arms, and they are all <laughs> red and manifold. <laughs> Sorry, those are two of my favorite flavor texts. <laughs> it's spiky potato. Um, and it's a great gun. <laughs> Don't get just that's started. not a gun. <laughs> I will, not a gun. You know what? I'm gonna say I will 1v1 any of you. I will go trespasser on your <laughs> and I will trespass all over your body. <laughs> and I will leave it at that. I don't care how long be the crucible assassin. I don't care how long you hang in the air with Imperium Bellicose, I will trespass <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take us to the court. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only other one is Justin's favorite devil, Saber Two. Oh, Frank the Shank. <laughs> Who couldn't like him? <laughs> um, I've actually I've actually got a question before we get too far into Saber Two, because he doesn't have a name other than the one I gave him. Um <laughs> So I've been noticing, just in looking at them all lined up, a kind of a archetype to the etymology of the mm-hmm. names mm-hmm. of these people. Um, so there, there's some pretty repeatable suffixes in their names, or or the not a suffix, like the last part of their name. So you've got the the names ending in a. Uh, IKS, um, and then the names that lead, that end in SIS are are very repeatable. One that that kind of pops up again, and then there are some unique ones. But I, I guess I guess my my point is since we know how the fallen love their class system and all, um, do we think the kind of the makeup of the name? is indicative of any kind of, uh, you know, like social hierarchy. Yeah. Kind of Um, hierarchy of things. I don't know. Maybe I think, yeah, there's a possibility maybe in like, if you segregated it out to like three, the three, I guess, paths, I guess you could take because like, Mm -hmm. um, uh, oh God, where was I going? Uh, so like Rixus is the Archon, Solkis. So Rixus is SIS. Solkis, who is the Kel, is KIS. Um, you have Kovic, who is a Splicer Priest. Um, yeah, that's a unique one, though. Yeah, that's the, that's the unique one. Uh, you do have Axis, who is another Archon, uh, the Archon Prime. Um, I'm trying to see here. A good comparison would be, and I'm trying to find it right now. Um, looking at the names of the the, uh, the wolf kill or the wolf kill, well, because if we are if we're having this uh, this repetition, we have Solkis and Rixis, and we have Draxis, um, and we know Skolas was a Baron before he was. Yeah, I think. Kel. Yeah. Um. Or Captain. Uh, I'm sorry. He was captain before he was Kel, um, and I can't remember the I can't remember her name right now. The Wolf Kel, previously. But if we could find that repetition, then yeah, we could possibly see a pattern that might match 
the only issue that we have is that so many of these fallen names do end in this anyways. And for us as the player, we usually do see them as being of some sort of high rank. So So, um, I actually had um, kind of a little theory on this. If if you're familiar at all with Slavic name suffixes, um, there's a suffix and this is the only one I'm like familiar with. I'm sure there's many, but there's one that is uh, Ovich. So you're you're familiar with names, Slavic names that end in Ovich, like Ibrahimovic, right? Mm-hmm. That suffix actually means son of. So oh, the yeah. name Ibra- Ibrahimovic would actually mean son of Ibrahim. So I, I'm not saying that's what this is like directly. I'm just saying there might be some – Bungie's very deliberate in what they do in their naming schemes of things and – uh it wouldn't surprise me if the fallen name makeup kind of, uh, kind of, you know, portrayed something. Yeah, no, I, I definitely. Oh, I'm trying to do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> even if, even if it's not something that's because it seems kind of improbable that the name is indicative of stature because. Well, if we're assuming that they're named at birth, there's no way to know how far they'll climb. Well, and yeah, that's assuming that they don't change their names too. Exactly. That's that they're not born into a class system. Yeah, but mm. that's the whole point of the fallen meritocracy, right? You should be able to climb up as far as your as your savagery takes you, right? Yes, yeah. but we know that by definition or we know at least because of recent DLC, that they do have a specific sect, one being the Spicers. And at least in terms of house judgment, we know what their entire uh, house structure is made of. So, yes, they are sort of meant to uh, pro- uh, progress by themselves and uh, they can be as Machiavellian as they'd like to. But that may not mean that, you know, there might not, you know, there might be a certain group of Elixni that are typically set on the path of being an Archon. And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, they, there might be Rixus and there might be a captain below him that is, you know, vying for that slot as the Archon and who might eventually, or who would have eventually overtaken Rixus, but his path was always to be an archon. And that's something that we don't know. And this is just purely speculation right now. Yeah. And I always try to see the etymology and things. And that's just because that's something that interests me. Like it, I I could be, I could be looking for something that's really not there. I mean, I was just wondering what you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So talking about Frank, the shank, we want to talk about, talk about Frank a little bit. He's a, he's a, <laughs> he's, he's Justin's best, best friend. Uh, I've never hated a strike like I have that one. <laughs> Strike's the best strike. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, the best part was we got shank burn. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so anyways, so Sab- <laughs> Saber 2, Saber 2 is... A modified well, everyone knows Saber 2. He's he's the strike from Fallen Saber. 
Um, or wait, is that that's the strike, right? Fallen Saber? Yeah, Fallen okay. Saber. Um, or Saber Strike. God, <laughs> man. God. I'm, there's too much information in my head. So Saber 2, he was a modified shank that was basically put cobbled together by Archons out of servitor parts and random pieces of the tech that was scattered around the Cosmodrome. Basically basically to do one thing to get past Rasputin's defenses and breach the firewalls so that the house of devils could steal control of the Warsat network. Um, so in, in kind of, you kind of see this all happen within the saber two strike. Um, when you're going through the stages, that's kind of what's happening is he's actually like, I think there's three different, stages right there's the the first one where he's just kind of shooting and then the second one which is the chain guns and then what's the what's the third one isn't the third one when he tries to give you a hug yeah Mm -hmm. pretty much taste you oh god i hate i hate i hate cuddle mode arc burn that week oh god frank frank does not need to cuddle but um, so yeah, it, it, it's basically another indicator. But the inter- the the intriguing thing for me here was that they used a shank to to do this, which I guess it kind of makes sense because the shanks have always been the pit, like they they're explained as the the pit bulls of the fallen armory, and they're basically expendable. They're not. Um, Yes, <laughs> Mystic Rose in chat. They MacGyvered a shank. That's exactly what they did. They took a lot of duct tape and some chewing gum. I didn't see any popsicle sticks. <laughs> that yeah. was that was part no. of the cuddle face. Is he he actually like he chopsticks you with with uh, with the <laughs> sticks? And that's how he holds you. No, I hate I hated that stage, especially with Arkburn. That was absolutely just terrifying. Um, and the holes in the floor. Mm. So, yeah, Frank the Shank was uh was a giant pain in something that I'm not gonna say. The best part was that we we couldn't use Shank Burn. It was it was like the biggest joke ever. Pain, yes, pain. In the axis, good job. That's that's what that was. So, oh my gosh! Yes, the chat is talking about how he's frisking frisking people for spare parts because we've damaged him so badly. That was what the third stage was. He was just he was just trying to he was just trying to take back the parts that we stole from him. But yes, um, let's see. Do we want to talk at all about the any of the items? I know we had some armor pieces. There was an interesting p uh, interesting weapon that we had. Uh, the Lord of Wolves has an interesting little little carving on the back of it that I would like to hear everyone's thoughts on. Um, but before that, do you do you guys have any particular armor set? that you guys want to talk about? Um, well, I just want to very quickly say I 
I have to look back for it now because I don't remember which one it is. I think it might be one of the Warlock Bonds. Um, and yes, it is the House of Devils Warlock Bond. Uh, and the flavor text is, what shall we call thee? And if, if I remember my demonology correctly, uh, that just alludes to how in demonology, um, in order to exercise a demon, yes. you need to first name it. And you have to know uh, it's true I, name. Yes. And I guess because I don't particularly play as a warlock, um, I never really paid attention to the flavor text of that, but I just thought that was really interesting as I was looking at it now. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, I, I think that's one of my favorite ones is because the kind of the subtle nod to the whole thing. And then it would it's it's kind of interesting because it can go two ways. It can be them saying that to the warlock, but it can also be the warlock saying that to the fallen. Yeah, and that, you know, I mean, for obvious reasons, uh, that motif, you know, does continue with the devil's cloak. There are some bargains worthy of any risk, you know, um, which I guess you don't think of. We don't think of this now with the fallen, but you know, of making Faustian bargains and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Um, which I guess could be for the fallen. <laughs> if I were to think long enough yeah. about it, the traveler being there and then disappearing on them or, you know, God, what they're doing with Siva <laughs> or yeah, exactly. Or what they're doing with Siva, you know, it's God. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I love, I love the, I love the elixir. They're, you know, probably my favorite race in the game, but Wow, talk about kicking them while they're down. Yeah, like yeah. Self mutilating. These people just like to lose. <laughs> so yeah, and and then like the Titan, uh, the Titans, both the Mark of the Devils and the Devil's Mark deal with the the just entire concept of violence and war. Um, Mark of the Devils says, "I seek no worship, only war." And then the Devil's Mark is the battle never ends. Um, now these were, these are all, these are, you get these all from the reef. Some of them you got from the prison of elders. Others, uh, were the later installations and you can actually buy them from Variks. Um, I think the house of devils, the devil's cloak and the mark of the devils were the prison of elders. And then the devil's bond devil's disguise and devil's mark were all, purchase purchasable from barracks so and i think i I like i like the uh i like the newer ones the new the new designs i thought were pretty kind of kind of cool um let's see so that demo or justin you got anything you want to talk about on armor before i um just that the the bond could also be referring to the original creation of siva which one? Um, which, uh, the, Devil's Bond. The, Devil's Bond. Yeah. Well, the the yeah the the what do we call you? Oh, uh, okay. Talking about because that was also sort of a a devil's bargain from the the Siva fragments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's oh, that's true. Ever, yeah. Do we ever hear Axis speak to Siva in his cards? Um, I want to say, or is he always speaking third? In, in in some sort of third person reflecting on himself. Well, I think the re- well, I would. I know part I of would. I know part of the discussion there is always he's talking to himself about himself, but is he speaking? 
Right. And my argument there would be that even though he is talking to himself, he could technically be talking to Siva because Siva is him. Yeah. Right. Like he, he is, he is and is not Siva at the same time. Cause like that was, that was a long conversation about, you know, it, it goes back to the concept of does Siva control itself or does Siva have to be controlled? And we know that Siva has to be controlled. The problem that gets fuzzy is because Axis actually put Siva into himself. He is the controller, but he, but he's affected by the thing that he's controlling. So which thing actually is controlling the thing that, you know, it's like this, it's a, well, so it, we, it, it does need a controller, but it, I don't know that it has to be an active controller. Right. Cause if right. you look at the class armor, um, they're talking about like one of the lines directly is general poorly worded mm-hmm. or malicious code is the fault of the programmer, not right, Siva right. itself. So yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so like, Axis um, might be the living program, basically. Well, and like, so, right. And I guess the point here is that, you know, we talk about this a lot in the SIVA episode, is the difference between the command structure that Axis or whoever of the fallen splicers put in, the consume, enhance, replicate, how that differs from the command structure of Rasputin within the Iron Lords, which was... um Oh, what was it? Why am I? I'm blank, drawing a blank on the Rasputin command structure. Well, the the Rasputin wanted them to self terminate at the end. Yeah, yeah. The Rasputin, the the Rasputin had an exit path basically, and the yeah. the Fallen doesn't. It it creates itself, well, yeah. and it just like keeps. It's it's an endless cycle. So, so that so this actually brings me to one of my theories about Siva. Is that I think that the inherent danger with Siva is similar to a concept from D and D, which is never give a GM an open wish. Um, meaning, like it's a terrible idea, and you should never ever do it. Yeah, you don't want to make a wish to a GM and leave it open because they'll screw with you and 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 it'll backfire you on you. And I think that's kind of the problem with Siva. Back to that line about the mali- poorly worded or malicious code. If you think about a self regulating thing that requires no external power source and doesn't expire, <laughs> degrade, or forget, like, the the amount of control you would have to write in a program for it to be viable is huge, right? Because if, like they, like you say, consume, enhance, replicate, that's hypothetically terrible because it's just going to go nuts. It's going to be like Oryx number two. Well, and that's why you get... Oryx like and the, the Vex combined. Well, and that's two. why you get like, the... Uh, the... God, what the sieve? Not the Siva fragments. The the clusters, Siva yeah. clusters. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what it is. It's it's rampant Siva. That's I mean, uncontrollable it's like, it's growth. Like cancer, basically. Right. Um, Twizzlers gone and, bad. And so I think that you know, there's that the cards that talk about Rasputin trying to prevent the Iron Lords from getting in, and I think that is because Rasputin. I mean, he's shown a desire to protect his only theoretical allies before, and I think that was the same thing. I think it's like, you guys have no idea what you're working with here. Just get out of my house, get out of my tool shed, put the power saw down. <laughs> that that does not have a safety switch. Put it down. Yeah. And so, 
And then once they got in, you know, he just let them deal with themselves and then locked the bunker again, I think, until the devils through vanilla to where we are now slowly broke through while we ignored them. Yeah. Well, and yeah, because that was that's also the argument as to why Rasputin was so much more open for us helping him was because like we have the we have a record of his report and it's like they've gone up like attempts to attempts to bypass his his uh, security protocols has gone up by like 400 percent in the last year. He's yeah. like, I can't complain. <laughs> He's I need to I have help. other things to worry about. <laughs> Your house is literally in between us. Could you just could you just clean up your lawn? <laughs> but yeah, so like I think he recognizes that we're 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 valuable. I think he has terminated his protocols that he has to protect us, but I think that he's still intelligent enough to go these are potentially valuable tools and allies maybe even someday. So let's help each other, right? Here's a sleeper simulant go kill some thrall and and you know just another note on that is he actually puts a part of himself in the sleeper simulate so he doesn't even trust us enough not to monitor us he's just like here's a gps tracker don't kill yourself yeah <laughs> but well i think part of that too is also again if he's going to be our allies he has to see right right how right, we right. Right. If you're a military power and you're going to ally with somebody, you know, for some sort of mutual gain, you need to know what they bring to the table. Um, but yeah, I don't think that he was maliciously um, harboring Siva or anything when the Iron Lords broke in and he tried to turn them away. Because there's even a section where they talk about it. Um, him, you know, trying to talk. Maybe I think one of them's like, I think he's trying to communicate or something. Well, yeah, because like, well, because Felwinter kept trying to communicate and he never responded, and then. I think it was Colavance was like, yeah, he responded, just not with words. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing is that Rasputin might not, he may not be able to communicate very mm-hmm. well anymore. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I mean, he's basically rampant, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. He was already yeah. kind of rampant. I mean. I mean, he's <laughs> he's marathon rampant, not Halo rampant. You're right. Fair yeah, enough. he's Fair not enough. thanking Fair himself enough. to Fair death. Enough. He's just. He's just running them. Well, because in, in Marathon, it was slightly different, right? The concerns right. in Marathon were that they would outgrow the ability to be controlled it was, um, it was versus, it, versus in Halo, the, where it's no, more no, complicated. No, yeah, yeah. well, it was it was like Halo is more about the self, like in the self-destruction of the AI. That's Marathon degradation was, of code. Right. Marathon yeah. was the surpassing of the law of robotics, basically. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. They can't be controlled anymore because they're yeah. officially off the chain. Right, right. Whereas with a Halo rampancy, it's literally the code degrades because it's it's too much. And they lose their mind and they they go insane. So, but speaking of allies and the weird things that happen with allies, let's talk about the Lord of Wolves real quick because this this is an interesting interesting item. Uh, regardless of what you think about the gun. Um, it's an, it's so it's Lord of Wolves, which, you know, House of Wolves was the, the expansion that we got this in. But if you look at the gun, it actually has a House of Devils sigil carved on the back of it. And so, no, go for it. Go for it. 
So yeah, I think this is this is one of the more interesting things about the Fallen, is that while we know they don't harbor any necessary love for the other factions, we also have no evidence of them fighting each other. Um, so I I have because of that symbol, I have debated whether they also still have some of their original purposes. Perhaps House of Devils is the the only faction that makes weapons. And perhaps this was like a regal uh, gift for Skolas. Well, Lord of well, yeah. Lord of Wolves Lord, was Lord of the Wolves. Well, Lord of Wolves was created by a crow, I think. Right? Was it? Hang on, I'm trying to think. I didn't think any of those were. I thought they were all scavenged weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jolin, Jolian, Jolin, Jolian, Jolian. Uh, he says Jolian was a crow. He had seen much more than most. He held the enemy's greatest weapon, remembered its burn, then began tinkering. He liked things, liked how they worked, found happiness in finding new avenues through which a thing could function. Not to alter the purpose, but simply refine it. So he was he didn't create it, he augmented modified it. Modified it. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that doesn't preclude, you know, hypothetical right, 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 separation right. of responsibilities for the houses. So and then I know Demi has uh, a couple things on the spiked potato and Devil's Dawn. I almost feel insulted. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is um, like I said earlier in the episode. Uh, Devil's Dawn and Drake's Promise have two of my favorite flavor texts, and despite everything that I've said so far that could be considered spinfoil, uh, this might actually be spinfoil. Um, and I think that the flavor text of these two guns are actually taken out of some sort of uh, elixir prophecy or uh, elixir poetry. You know, when you, when you reread uh, Ghost Fragment Fallen 3, you see that Skolas, um, uh, or this could just be an elixir structure of, emphasis where they like to repeat things. So he says, I am the Kel of Kel, or I am the first, I am the Kel of Kells, I am the last, I am the Drug of Drugs. Um, and I don't know, I could be looking very much into this. Um, but when I read, you know, the flavor text on The Devil's Dawn, which is, my arms are red and manifold, and nothing is beyond my grasp, that sounds very much like uh, Flavor text on the drugs promise, which I believe also shows up in Fallen Two at the very bottom. Uh, I am a marvel of ten thousand arms, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for me, when I read these two flavor texts, um, I usually think that this is in some way in reference to uh, the Kell of Kells or the prophecy of the Kell of Kells that was uh, spoken about and. Uh, you know, like you're saying in chat, you know, House Rain did have a prophecy on a whirlwind. Um, and as a result, the coming to being of the Kell of Kells. And so I I find this very interesting because I like to look through the fallen cards and try to see uh, what sort of sensing structures or even word combinations are found that might be equivalent to this. And I think there is a Vandal of Vandal somewhere actually now. <laughs> 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 I have to get out to find this. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's usually what I think of when I'm thinking of these guns. Um, 
that's for me it's very prophetic and uh i personally do hope that we start getting these little things because it's sort of like how when we first had thorn and we had the 13th understandings and book of sorrow we didn't know what that was but that was very obvious we knew that it was coming from a source and we've seen the line i am a marvel with 10,000 arms come up twice now as we saw it in fallen 2 and we see it with the Drake's Promise, which came out two different time periods. Um, and again, we have similar word structures. We also know that there are just uh, uh, their physical traits or their symbols that are very significant for the elixir, and one of them is the arms, mm-hmm. and how the docking of the arms is a, a symbol of humiliation, um, and how they, you know, how dregs are allowed to regrow their arms and that is a you know a, a signifier of having uh regained a sense of self um there are certain word combinations like this is drag strength or something like that um that really it, it feels to me like it says a lot more about who the elixir are and maybe how they view themselves um and just going back to you know everything that we said about barracks. I mean, if Skolas is running around saying that you know, he, I mean, this is Skolas is greater propaganda. You know, God bless him. If he's running around saying you know I am the last, I am the drag of dregs. I mean, yeah, it's going to make all the dregs. You know, uh, his own people are going to look at him a certain way, but there might be truth to what he says that might be now hidden, and that won't be rediscovered or has not been discovered since the abandonment by the traveler. I don't know. For all, all of this is just, I'm, I need to create a compilation of Elixney poetry and then, you know, publish that over the next couple of years. <laughs> well, and Dreg's promise also talks about how the star catcher who would lead the fallen, you know, rising from the lowest station to the highest exalted peaks. That was the thing I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause like, if you think about it, I, I always assumed star catcher was the one who reacquired the traveler. Cause you know, the Which traveler would be exactly- like a star. Oh, Oh, you mean like the, the bait star catcher? Shh, shh, stop. <laughs> you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to tempt me with that, that rabbit hole. Oh. That is a that is a very very deep spin foil conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's a fairy tale. It is a fairy. You are tale. only you are only one of the forearm that is that you are trying to keep the docked hopeful. Yeah, 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 yeah. You okay with that? I'm okay with that. I've got no qualms there. <laughs> I got no quarrel. <laughs> I love that, and and just on a on a real like game level, I love that sniper. Fucking Devil's Dawn. I I love that thing. I didn't think I would like another sniper as much as I liked my thousand yard, but man, it's pretty awesome. And I'm trying to think. That one is the one from the Siva Crisis Strike, right? Yes. 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 So the like what, you go for it. I no, I, I just like what Libby just said in the chat. Maybe the star catcher is the person who finds the Kell of Kells. Uh, oh, it's amazing how everything goes back to Varric uh, somehow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, 
Well, because Varix also says, count. yeah. Well, Varix also says that he is the keeper of House Rain's prophecies, and so he would theoretically know this. He's the uh, he's the Sybil for whatever remnants of Elixni are out there. Yes, and so if he does have access to this you know, to any of these prophecies that are left, uh, he's very smart to keep it. You know to keep them very close to his chest at the moment. You know, we do know that Ferrix is trying to do several different things uh, and not just for the reef. You know, he is sending out the crows to go find, to go find the Kell of Kells and what that means could be a hundred million things. But, you know. That is, yeah. <laughs> is very, no, we're not. Is no, Varys their he's not. <laughs> no, because he's around, Libby. If he was, he would have known about what the Spices were doing beforehand. Exactly. <laughs> because clearly, Osiris, who I can't stand, by the way, knows everything. And I does forgive nothing. you. It's okay. <laughs> so the only the other the only other item that I had marked here was the Devil's Due Breaker BKR. Um, this is uh, we. Had, when we were talking about the ships and the jump ships, especially with the Guardian vehicles, we actually did not mention these, but these are all refurbished blockade runners. Uh, we got them from Prison of Elders, and they were, I want to say the BKRs were, I think, all the houses, right? Yeah. We had, we had wolves. Yeah. I know we yeah. had wolves, and I know we had devils, and I'm pretty sure we had winter. No, no, we had kings. Yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. Kings, uh, yeah. Cold Snap, Kingslayer, Wolf Hunter, and Devil's Dew. And Cold yeah. Snap was the, Winter. So we the Winter. Yeah. 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 So yeah. BKR stands for Be Kind, Randall. <laughs> That's what it stands for. I think it means Blockade Runner, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it means, yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I'm going to have to fight you two on this one. Oh, God. It's, it's anyways, on. <laughs> anyways, they, I think, I think the blockade runners are actually kind of cool looking. Um, they look like what you would expect a blockade runner would look like. Um, and then, yeah, it's just basically the, the fall, the flavor text is a refurbished blockade runner customized with the fallen house of devil sigil, given as trophy to those who brave the prison of elders. So, not not a not a huge source of trivia information there. Um, the only other thing that I had was the idea from chat that the devils were not the first to encounter Siva, and they I think they were using Tanix as a possible kind of example of someone someone who had encountered the Siva or the nanotechnology like Siva. Prior. I think uh, that doesn't jive with me because I think that the original, I think that Steve is supposed to tie in with all those original earth missions where the devils are di- looking for something. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that it was Siva. And like I said, I think that oh, we yeah, basically yeah. went, we, we basically went, Oh, I guess we're done here. Cause we've done a little bit and we let them find Siva because we didn't clean our lawn. Yeah. We, we, jumped off to the moon and i just love that i love it hey our your house is between us 
literally between us. Just clean your lawn. <laughs> yeah. I would also think that if Tanix had access to SIVA earlier, um, the Vanguard, specifically uh, Saladin, would have sent us after him earlier since we do know that uh, Tanix was the one who killed Andal Brask. Um, oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair and point. And instead, we're sent after Traxxas first. And, you know, Cade uh, uh, progressively sent us after you know, more high-ranking uh, targets of the Fallen. So I think if he did have access, we would have known about it. And, you know, he might have been priority number one even Inst- before anything else that might have happened on Earth. Yeah, that's a fair That's a fair point. And like I said, this was... Um, obviously, I was out for vacation last week, so I was only, like, able to check in a couple times. But that was one of the topics that I did catch, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting... So I... I wasn't able to catch the full conversation, but I know that they had talked about it briefly. So, um, I think that's everything for me. Uh, we did see, or, oh, we did not mention this. I did want to mention this demo. I know you and I were talking about this a little bit in chat. The idea that the Kings control the devils. Um, it is not black and white confirmed but it's pretty heavily implied. Yeah, I definitely think that they're at the least manipulating them. I don't know yeah. if they have direct control. Right, right. But from what we know, the kings are the the CIA of the fallen world. And I think that, well, yeah, they're they're definitely manipulating them. The well, devils think, are, are, manipulating are blood-crazed war, you know, war profiteers. So, I mean... To think that you could manipulate them wouldn't be that hard, right? Basically, yeah. I don't think it would be that hard at all for someone with the wherewithal of the kings. Right. So and, I mean, like, even Aldrin kind of makes that point within the the card Paskin, King Baron. He, he says, you know, look at it from the House of Kings perspective. Their power is matched only by their cleverness. They ruled the devils from the shadows and, come, and came too close to toppling the city not once but twice. We don't know much about them, but we know this. The kings want the traveler. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and then he goes on to, you know, like, so why wouldn't they give it all up? Yeah. Why would they give it all up just because some out-system wolf runs in calling himself Kell of Kells? The answer is they wouldn't. Um, so, yeah. In, in, you yeah. Know, we know that Varix is looking for the Kell of Kings because they're really, really well hidden. So, yeah, and and to to respond to Libby in chat, are the devils acting as a mercenary mm-hmm. army for the kings? Um, not intentionally, right? The devils right. are Goram Reavers. I mean, they're. <laughs> I would. They're not. I think they're. Anything. I think they're a little bit more organized than the Reavers. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a so, little so, bit. I mean, they obviously had a lot of organization because they found found Siva, found out where it is and traveled to Mars to figure out where it was stored mm-hmm. and then found it and used it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I mean, yeah, they're also like, I guess my point is, my point is you can make the devils be your mercenary army without them being aware of it. Oh yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's definitely, definitely the, uh, and the case. Demi, I think Demi or Dom, Damo, uh, made a reference to Machiavelli, 
mm-hmm. um, earlier. And that's yes, when I hear that name, I think Kings. <laughs> he did. You know <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing. 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 Um, what I do? I no, not what you, Justin. Yeah. So I mean, the um, other the other thing is with the Devils is I mean they are one of the largest houses. Right, they're they're rivaled only by House Winter as far as size. So, um, well, I mean, you know, rest well, in peace, Winter. Yeah, yeah, with true and rest and yeah, pieces, devils too. Well, well we don't the, the devils. We don't. Have... Go ahead. So, as far as we know, Winter doesn't exist anymore, right? Because Skolas beat us there and took over that that faction. So. Right. Hypothetically, as we murdered the vast majority of the wolves, we were also murdering whatever was left of winter. Oh, yep. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Like they're still on Venus, but in the story, they shouldn't really be anymore. Well, unless they're just written, like I mean, they're just the remnants of it. Yeah, in but... the same in the same capacity that devils and um... right, who also shouldn't really be there. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I see. I see where you're going with this. Okay. Okay. Touche, sir. <laughs> so, um, let's see. The only other trivia that I can think of for House of Devils is they were responsible for the destruction of London uh, during the what was that? Po- like post collapse. <laughs> so, Bife, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are these are the ones that you should blame, um, and that was that was actually we learned that from one of the I think it was just the idol uh, the quotes from Lakshmi Lakshmi two I think it was just one of the quotes that she says while you're standing around her I don't remember if that's an actual quote from a a quest because I am not which a member quote? I am not a member of the Rainbow Death Squad Ask me I could help you out Which quote are you talking I'm about? trying to think Hang on. It's one of the ones that she was talking about her past. Uh, she was there when house de- when the House of Devils burned London. Yeah. That's one of the notable ones, like the only one that comes to mind when I think House Devils. No, not to interrupt a thought here, but if we are to think that every house the size of every house currently is the same size as they were during the whirlwind house of devils is massive. I don't think they are as big as they were. I think they're decimated no, or, or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean they, they currently are as big as they were. Oh, but, but proportionally the there are still so many there, you know, the house of devils was a massive house. Back when the Elixir were at their prime, it seems. Well, that that that's actually part of what makes me think that they might be the manufacturing house, the worker force almost. Uh, which is why their their sigil might be on other weapons, mm-hmm. like the Lord of Wolves. See, I I can think that only in so far as they would they would manufacture weapons of war because that's that seems to be their tree. Well, but we don't know. What changed in between now and then? Perhaps they didn't, but now they do because that's all they know how to do or all they want to do. <laughs> they were they were the uh, they were the House of Angels before and after the Royal when they were the House of Devils. Well, they did fall. 
And we don't know. Yes. And we actually don't know that these names are their original names because the original names, the only two ones that we know of that existed before the whirlwind are the Kings, which is somewhat different than the rest of the names and stone and rain. And judgment. And judgment. But those don't match up. I don't think Scar, did Scar exist before? I thought Scar came about. No. We don't know that Scar existed before. We just know that it existed. Yeah. Um, which and then there Scar was... matches winter and wolves and devils in being a, a much harsher terminology than stone and rain and kings. Yes, and mm-hmm. as for kings, they were named because they were. Mm-hmm. Which they might know. just mean that they were nobles, doesn't necessarily mean No, that. yeah, exactly, and, and that's... But, the what's the best way to translate that into right well but well, even if they didn't translate it it might be that their name is not a new name maybe they kept their old name and other ones as they fell into their new ways they you know renamed or rethemed their houses yeah it's very possible that new houses sprang from the collapse i mean it's it's not only possible it's it's probable because that's a game changer and ideolo- ideologies change, you know mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Kind of, um, y- you can turn from, from a noble into a devil really quick when you're faced with, you know, survival. Um, oh, well, yeah. Cause being, I mean, like even, I mean, in Varix, that's exactly what he was talking about. He's like, you know, judgment's gone. Others were slaughtered and slain death and docking, you know, lost to pride and rage you know the, he, he's talking about like the the period after the whirlwind you know th- that ripped away their past he says all honor lost all hope judgment was not enough cannot keep wolves from king scar from winter fell to fighting fell to hate and that's he, he's talking about that whole that whole thing is exactly exactly what it was was mm-hmm. this noble this noble race you know they they had their foundation just destroyed yeah. i and their response I was i can't this. help i can't help but think of the uh the uh house devils as the apache indians of the collapse you know they're just the most savage um evidently just not. what's that I, I, you said most savage, and I'm just, I just have Skolos in my mind. No, no, I'm talking about the collapse. Skolos came about later. Well, so, but we don't know that, we know that they're that savage from our perspective now, but we don't know that that's always the way it is. And also, you have to think that realistically, if the story is to believe, be believed, we had almost no experience with winter or exiles mm. until, you know, we broke rules and went to the moon. And the the kings are essentially a non-entity. I mean, they exist and their influence is huge, but they don't, they don't, they're not the ones rampaging the city and killing people trying to come in and stuff like that. Making bone forts. Yeah. Like it might not be that the devils are that much worse than the other factions. It might be that they're perceived as that because they're right in our grill. Yeah. Two things then. Uh, I believe what, and I think it might have been Justin who said it, um, with the changing of ideologies allowing for the introduction of new houses, uh, I think that might explain 
why we have certain fallen of different uh, of different house attire being affiliated with different houses because they might not have agreed with what the regime was within their own house and might have uh, switched over. I don't there's definitely better ways to say that. Um, but like Naxus, for example, Naxus could have been one who didn't follow the original regime of winter before Draxus took over and all of that might've coincided or even Axor. I mean, Axor has colors we've never seen. Um, the only other fallen who has such unique colors that we know of is uh, Tanix. So, you know, it's, it's entirely possible. Um, and yeah, like, uh, House Scar. House Scar no longer exists because it fell to infighting with House Winter, I believe. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, uh, Winter ended up pretty much exterminating House Scar, as far as we know. So. Well, and it was like everything. The, just... only, the only remnant possibly being Tanix, if you ask me. That's a whole other. Oh, thing. I see where you're going with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but but just picture people who are scattered into the uh, low orbit, you know, of their home planet following the their collapse, their whirlwind. Wouldn't these kind of uh, houses, the new houses, not the traditional houses, wouldn't they kind of form themselves somewhat just through proximity? You would pick up assets as you went you pick up people as you went you you know you would just try to build numbers that way yeah i mean sure you would there would be an exodus there would be house specific exoduses but i think it would be kind of an organic like evolving thing like i i I don't think it would be like we're all house scar and we're leaving our planet right now and we're gonna stay together and it's just gonna be us i think it'd be like oh i actually let's all band together I actually think it could very well have been that way because right. remember we don't we don't know anything about their collapse. Mm-hmm. Right, we don't. It, so we it know does that, say that they were scattered. It does say they were scattered, but we don't know what that means exactly. And mm-hmm. there, so there's some indication that Oryx is the one who scattered them, um, because or there's a gun. Well, there's a gun in his raid from their, from the whirlwind. So, oh, Mita? No, no, uh, Chelsis. Chel- yeah, the scout rifle, Chelsis's. Oh yeah, it is Chelsis's. Yeah, where's and the great it machine? Talks about the great machine. So, so there's some indication that, um, there. He was there, so somehow they lived through that. So it seems very aberrant compared to some of the other collapses and crazy stuff we've seen. Mm-hmm. So, which remind me, Chelchus was stone, right? Yeah, he yes. was the Kell of Stone. Yeah. yeah, and also sounded like sounds like the leader, the mm-hmm. ideal. Yeah, the I, yeah, I think he was kind of an Arthurian figure of their race. He's, he's he is their Saladin. Yeah. So I I do think that the house is probably unless like a demi said is very likely that they morphed um 
and uh, but I think that they probably did try to stick together because they are very traditionalist, and they they or at least they were. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying or to. Th- like you, or like you guys said, maybe some still are, and and that's probably most evident through Variks and possibly through the kings. Yeah. And perhaps maybe the maybe the isolationist behavior of the kings might be on account of the actions of the rest of the houses. It could Which, be though. There's yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't take away from the fact that they they clearly have some sort of influence on all the houses because the kings have territories in Venus. You know they have territories on Earth. There's no reason to think that they wouldn't be manipulating whatever is left of a listening power structure with the exclusion of exiles, because, you know, they are, they, they are who they are. They're exiles. You know, they'll, they'll come into the fold when they need be, or if Kings are very desperate, but you know, Kings could just be very traditional and you know, that's, that's how they're doing it. So, you know, especially when you look at some of the old cards with, uh, with Rezzle, um, we don't know who those fallen are, but we know they're falling, and we know they're led by Kel. They could either be the earliest contact with, uh, with any of the modern houses of which we know of. They could be the remains of another fallen house of which we don't. You know, who's to say they weren't of some final contingency of Scar or something like that? I mean, we really don't know a lot. A we don't know about their home world. We don't know about what their uh, what their life was before the traveler, and we really don't even know what it was like during, you know, their time under the traveler. All we know of is what we have as the player and what we've got in Grimoire, which really isn't much. Yeah, and to go go back to the talk about the scatter with regards to like you know the departure pattern i guess you would call it there there is actually a bit of information in the grimoire that talks about uh uh, the catch and these are the massive starships that we actually we do see in game um we know from the general the fallen general grimoire that these are just like giant ships that are capable of inter-system travel um, and that they arrived on them in the wake of the collapse, which, you know, is part of the, the the whole bombing of London and the pillaging of just basically human civilization. But we also know that these ships tend to be, they they seem to be unique to houses. Uh, we have the, there's, there's a supposed splicer ship uh, for the House of Devils, um, but we haven't seen anything um in game for it yet excuse me but we do know the winter ship simix fell and the wolf ship calyx sin and um wolf ship orbix fell um and so these are <clears throat> these are all ships that were very specific to houses and so it's not in justin this is kind of in regards to you know what you were talking about it actually is possible that houses were like you know, because I, I perceive houses to be a very feudal system. Uh, you know, there's a very clear hierarchy. 
and it the the entire fallen structure that we experience is very kind of feudal like they they have different levels and stuff like that and each level kind of pays tri- tribute to the level above in a way but then the kel also is responsible for maintaining and taking care of those below him much like a monarch would have been but it, it it's a very feudal type or tribal kind of concept and so in that type of situation, it would make perfect sense for the Kel of the, let's say, the House of Winter to be like, the world is falling apart. We have catches. Everyone on board, if you can't get on board, sorry, we'll see, like, good luck. And they just do a mass exodus. And that could be the scatter. The scatter could have been literally the houses just going as fast as they could to get off planet. Right? Yeah. And so what what I'm saying there is like, so you could have actually a combination, you know, we were talking about that in chat a little bit is, you know, is it possible the devils existed as a house before? Yeah, it's possible. It's also possible that the devils were the, the fallen that were left behind, you know, the noble houses fell, the angels became devils. The the viciousness that we see in the devils that we hear about in the devils could be simply because these are the not to not to make a pun here, but these are the dregs of the Elixni civilization that were left behind. And mm-hmm. so they they had to fall to this viciousness. They had to fall to this stuff. But you could also I mean, and the thing is, is like a lot of this is inferred, obviously, but you can also assume that about just about any of the fallen. You these these. I mean, the the thing about the fallen is that they are survivors. That is the entire point. Um, you know, and you guys were talking about it before, too, the translation of the house names. I, I remember somewhere in the game them talking about the house wolves that was actually commented. Like, it's not like in the fallen or in the elixir tongue, it's not wolves, but it was like a translation. Because... Uh, Varix actually comments when he talks about this with the different car or different houses. He says, you know, house winter attacks, house devils plot, house kings plan, house wolves circle. And then he says house judgment waits. So like each of these, and that's kind of more in line with what Damo's, you know, been saying is like each of these houses seem to have a, a certain, uh, certain niche within the society. Uh, and yeah. there's, there's different responses based off those niches. And if you understand that, then also even, even in, even when you're reduced to your base level instincts, generally a lot of these things are ingrained and that would make sense that even in the most dire of times, a degree of that would remain. I mean, it's not going to be as refined, obviously, but that, no, no, sorry. No, 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 no. I was, I was done. Go for it. I was just gonna say that actually might that that whole dynamic there of battle, the plotting and the scheming and the the you know that that might belie the fact why they got left. Right. You know. Right, right. Um. We we were actually able to conquer our faction war. You know what I mean? I mean, there's definitely a sort of cold war, not necessarily a war, but just like. There's, there's definitely a struggle for interests and and power, but but maybe that that kind of uh, is indicative of why 
they were scattered and that the traveler was like, okay, you can't get your, you can't get your, you know, your house in order. No pun intended. I'm out. Right. And I, I would hesitate. I would hesitate to say that simply because the traveler stayed before that happened with us. Um, I mean that. I mean, we were talking. I think we were talking about. Was that in general Destiny lore demo that we were talking about, like the cyclical break, where it's yeah. like the traveler. So like the cycle. Oh, we always- broke the traveler's pattern. Yeah. Well, but did we, or did the traveler break its pattern? You know, we did like Rasputin. Uh, it, it, he didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, but that that would be my my rebuttal to that particular aspect would be like. You know, the traveler, the traveler left, um, whether that was because it ran away, whether it was because it was chased away. We we don't know. Um, we do know that it left. And that was, again, through the doom of Chelchus, you know, when he's like screaming, where is the great machine? And he, as he's facing the mall, um, it, it abandoned them for some reason. The difference for us as guardians and as a humanity is it didn't abandon us. It actually fought back. So it it broke the cycle in a way. So but um yeah, before I go too far down the the Rasputin traveler debate, I want to think Did you guys have did I did I cut off anybody did anyone have anything that I missed from the chat or from this this whole topic? No, I think we've I think we managed to, to hit the devils pretty good and also expand on a bunch of elixiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean yeah lore that, that we didn't get to get to last time, so Demo, you got anything more? I mean, I know you do, but anything. oh yeah, no, um, no. I think <laughs> I think we mostly covered it. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things progress from here on out with the fallen. Oh yeah, I agreed. I agree completely, Demi. What about you? Did you did you have anything? pressing that we needed to no i think you let me talk far more than i deserved <laughs> not at all not that's at how all. i always feel <laughs> <laughs> well okay i guess i guess yeah final comments or shout outs demo you got any dregs live matter well obviously the the cause <laughs> needs to be mentioned but other than that i think i'm i'm good <laughs> Demi, what about what about you? Uh, no, you know nothing. Uh, I'm excited for our book club that we're going to be starting soon. And uh, yes, just heads up to anybody who enjoys uh, enjoys Tolkien, obviously, uh, and enjoys listening to podcasts. There is a very easy uh, easy podcast you guys can listen to. It's called the Token Road, uh, the Tolkien Road Podcast. Excuse me. Um, and the two hosts just do a very layman's uh, read through of chapters. I think now we are 
We are on the two towers finally. Um, we have completed Fellowship of the Ring. And I say we because I contribute uh, poetry to their podcast. So if you guys want to listen to that podcast and you guys are excited for the book club, then uh, definitely check it out and you know submit some haikus if you guys want. But uh, yeah, that's it for me. If you guys want to talk to me, just see me on Twitter. Yeah. Or bug him in the in the Discord server. Yeah, I'm always here. Most of the time I just lurk unless I find something interesting. Good stuff. Well, my shout outs um, are email. Email us. Uh, the topic for next week is going to be the Vex strikes. So if you guys have any thoughts on those or questions on those, I know we've had a couple really good conversations in the chat with those strikes. Um, we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, we are trying to finalize the schedule for our extra lore episode. It's looking like it's going to be early next week, but we're just waiting for final confirmation on that. So obviously if you have any emails for that, the topic is going to be mass effect. Um, so send us emails on that as well. And then, you know, just be sure to vote. The poll is up and it is going for the weekend for the next for next topic for focus fire as well as the next month of extra lore so both of those polls are up if you can please be sure to cast your vote just one way or the other on those um and then yeah again the book club that the moderators have actually this is another thing that they they threw together um I so awesome. It was it was a great idea and I was I was pleasantly surprised. I came back from being pretty much out of internet and I was like, "Oh, okay. Cool. They doing are doing this." Yeah, they're doing this. Um it is going to be it's going to be on the Discord server and they are tackling the Fellowship of the Ring for the month. It's going to start in January 1st and they're going to do I think the the idea is to do one book a month, and it's, I think, any science fiction or fantasy. Uh, if you have any questions, just jump into the Discord server and tag a moderator uh, and ask. The I think it's the Fellowship of the Ring. I think it's prologue through chapter five will be the first week. I think they, they broke it up into quarters, so it's one quarter a week, basically. Mm-hmm. Um but yes, it was actually meant to be consumed as five books. So, yeah, yeah, you know, no, no biggies there. So, uh, yeah, you know, be sure if you are at all interested in that, we are not going to have a podcast on the on the book club. I don't think I could. I don't think I could manage that much that much preparation. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we will. We will uh, definitely. If if it ever if it ever makes a Heimland shift, I will strike until we do a a podcast. Oh my gosh, there might be a podcast. We'll mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, I might mm-hmm. I might die of sleep deprivation, but mm-hmm. whatever it takes to make Justin happy, right? Right, you gotta keep the talent happy. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> And she left. But no, um, <laughs> no. So is it my turn? Yeah, it's is your that turn. What's going on? Yeah, that's about, okay. Cool. So, just a really, just real quick, really big, really big shout out to our mod team. So awesome that you guys. Um, you know, you think we we do some work 
getting this thing together and keeping it rolling. And, and I know blue does a lot more than me, but this mod team is insane. Like you guys are awesome. Like, um, green eyed music lover pins, halo unisys demo alt or chocolate shark. As we know her Libby, Libby and Rhino. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, uh, the wonderful gift of of the grimoire book that I received, and also the wonderful gift of your friendship and uh, of your contribution. You've been awesome, every single one of you. And uh, not so much a shout out, but just a kind of a general statement. Um, if you've heard, if you heard kind of my little uh, public service announcement at the beginning of the episode. Um, I'm I'm completely serious that um I have an open door policy and it it was only really through through some really special people um making themselves um available to me and and talking me through things and 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 one of them being blue actually um and really being there and being supportive of me that that allowed me to kind of get my house in order so to speak so um if you have questions, concerns, anything bugging you, don't don't hesitate to DM me. Um, contact me on Twitter, Discord, whatever. Holler. I'm always I'm always willing to listen. So, and uh, also, big shout out to to Demi and Damo for being awesome guest hosts as always. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Well, really long shout out for yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Really. You got anything else? You sure? No, no, I'm good. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> and again, to to repeat, you know, like we said in the the pre-show piece, um, all of all of the hosts on the podcast and all the moderators, really, in the Discord server have the same have the same open door policy. If there's anything going on, regardless of if it's in chat or in real life. Let us know through a private message, through an email, through a Twitter message, you know, whatever, however you feel most comfortable talking to us. Um, we've had we've had a couple conversations with a number of people throughout the time that we've had the honor of being here. And it it's always um, it's always an honor and it's always a pleasure to help wherever we can, however we can, whether that is to listen, whether that is to give advice, you know, for those who think that we know what we're doing, we don't, um, we're guessing just as much as everyone else, but you know, it's by coming together that people can figure things out like this. And so I'm, I'm, I am a hundred percent dead serious. If there is anything that is going on in your life or in the chat or anything, do not hesitate. Do not feel uncomfortable reaching out and letting one of us know. Um, we will do everything in our power to help you guys. So that that is kind of, you know, it, it is especially, you know, not to get too mushy here, but that is especially what I feel like my job is for this community and for every community that I'm a part of. So it's not anything they anyone should feel is a burden at all but with all that we'll begin to wrap the chat up 
Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend the evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Damo and Demigod, for jumping into chat. I will post your information on the show notes so that anyone who wants to continue the conversation can reach out to you on Twitter. And then also, like we said, we're all in the Discord server as well. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through that email as well. Be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardiansofdestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. So as part of the holidays, the moderator team got together, completely unknown to any of us, and sent the hosts of the podcast a gift. The condition was we couldn't open them until all of us had gotten them and and were on air. I'm super proud of Justin, especially. I know how yeah. hard it was for you to wait, buddy. Big ups for me. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so, okay, so we want to open them one at a time. So that the audio doesn't get all jumbled, because I know we might have some screaming from from Justin here. Oh, yeah. So, Mel. Oh, boy. Mel. Oh, boy. Ladies, ladies first. first. What? <laughs> what is this bullshit? That, that did not offend you. That did not just offend you. No, I'm not offended, but I feel like as like the newest member of the show that I should go last. Yeah, but like, ladies first. It's ladies first. We're, we're both from it. Texas, ma'am. <laughs> Well, wow, thank you, Justin. That's just so proud of you. <laughs> all right. So I, I, I feel everyone should know that since I live all the way on the West Coast, which is best coast, by the way. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> um, that mine got uh, blue was nice to send it to me, but I was unaware of what level of opening that I had was allowed. So I literally took the box that he shipped it in and put it under my tree. And there it has sat since I got it literally a day after we did our last I know. podcast. That Remember was how the I best said? message. That was about, you yes. know how I said this? Yeah, I just got it. Justin, <laughs> Justin, I think nearly died. His head palm. I told you. I, 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 was, I, I anticipated it because that's the type of, of luck I have. You should also be fully aware that my mom's maiden name is Murphy. So, like, Murphy's law <laughs> applies double to me. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay, anyways, enough talking. All right. So, here, this is, I'm going to try to get the sounds as much as possible <laughs> through the mic. Oh, gosh. This is. Don't hurt yourself. All right, all right. So far, okay. I see. I see newspaper. Oh, is this newspaper from from Blue Land? This is a nice know. newspaper. Oh, it's it's Kansas City Business Journal. Okay, this is exciting. good job, Kashin. Kashin's <laughs> mailed this out, so kudos to her. Okay, okay, all right. 
All right. I, I see I see a book like object. A book like object. Okay. It's a black leatherette. And I'm opening I'm opening I'm opening lay book. Lay book. Ooh, so there is a focused fire chat set of stickers. That's pretty awesome. Actually, two sets of stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it has this really, really awesome to the awesome podcast host of Focus Fire Chat. And we have a bunch of the mods have put their own little little blip on there. And Aww. I'm going through the rest of it. Oh, my gosh. So is this like an actual thing of of lore cards is this is this for real did they actually like go and do the the, the thing holy crud guys <laughs> so this okay is, this 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 is like a this is like a, a grimoire bible <gasps> yeah kind of it's it's got so okay so fair fair warning i actually had to open all of them to get mel hers so i've actually seen it um traitor <laughs> i opened it because well i came back from a vacation and mel's mel's uh, zombie dog is very happy zombie dog but um i came back and i like i saw a giant box on the doorstep and i was like oh no because i didn't know how long it had been there um and so i i went ahead and opened it and i was like and then i had a note from uni and he was like hey Message me when you get this. Don't open it any further. <laughs> I was like, all right. Message him. And so, like, I had I had gotten Mel's, and then I have one for Willie that I'll be shipping out here shortly as well. Um, so I've, I've seen some of it. So, with that being said, um, oh, and also fair warning, the stickers that Mel was talking about, we will have those at Guardian Con. Uh, those were oh, yeah. the stickers Ooh. that we brought. That were, those were the stickers that we brought from <laughs> Destiny to Destiny Community Con that we forgot about because you know we're we're super good about don't, stuff. Don't say we. Don't say we. That you forgot I about. forgot about it. Um, yeah. So those those actually uh, we sent Mel. Uh, that was from Kashin and I. We sent her a, a set of those. Um, okay, Justin. Flowers are second. All right. That's knife audio. <laughs> Shing. Okay. So what I've got here is the actual cardboard box. Um, so I, it has not been monkeyed with at all. Much to his dismay. Much to my dismay. Holy balls, Kashin. <laughs> Oh, I think this one was, I think this one was, I think yours was from Uni. Okay. Yeah, it was from Uni. Okay. Crap, Uni. <laughs> yeah. And um, like uh, it, it's got a shipping label that says ship to an awesome host, Justin Sane or Justin Stroop. Sorry, because that's not my legal name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Still working on that. And he went with the standard, the standard brown, like butcher's paper almost. <laughs> he really didn't want you to get it in there. I don't know. The Kansas City newspaper oh. was really good. Oh, he put like the really, the really big bubble wrap in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, one sec. Okay, that's the only two. 
and it has a yellow post-it on it that says Justin. Oh. Oh, wow. It's to the awesome podcast host of the Focus Fire Chat. And it's got Uni, um, Damo, Uni, Sal, or Pins, Alt, Libby, and Rhino have all like given little blurbs about why they love this community and while they're, you know, thankful for so for some reason, thankful for me. Wow. Okay, so here's here's the cool thing. Um, you won't you won't get to hear you won't get to hear me opening my box because it's already open. But if you look at so yes, it is it is an amazing, amazing little booklet of grimoire cards. But if you look at the back, go to the back. Mm-hmm. All right, go into the back. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. your what's your what's your last page? My last page is Ward and Yorn related items. My last page is. <laughs> it's a repository of Ahamkar related armor. <laughs> I, so, I, have, I have a feeling that these are here for a very specific reason. And then mine is because the they know Sarah. us very well. Right. Mine's oh the Sarah Farmery. So then if you go if you go like a couple cards back, you'll see a couple like depending on the the topic, you're gonna see different cards up to the point where you will get to your class and subclasses. Oh, so Lord Galleon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is and- really, really freaking. I was looking through this and I'm like, this is all the lore that I like. And this all has hunter lore. Yeah, this, is like, <laughs> this is like tailor made. Yes. This yeah. took a, a lot of work. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, just- I'm thoroughly impressed and beyond grateful. I promised myself I wasn't going to cry. Don't promise to myself I'm going to break. I break (laughs) promises to myself all the time. (laughs) This is amazing, guys. Thank y'all so much. This is really amazing. Thank you so much. So much. I, you know what I'm actually going to do? I am going to customize the front of this and actually make it look like a book. Like, so you you know what what I mean? What we're hearing is we're going to send all our books to Mel. Yeah, <laughs> and paint them. <laughs> you get, yeah, you, I need- yeah, yeah. Because I I paint on is one of my jobs. That's actually like my my other job that I do as I teach. Oh, you things, so you dis- do you distress things? I do distress things. That's that's the costuming thing talking. But I actually my other job is actually where I go and I teach people to paint. Okay, cool. So I, I distress people, but it's the same thing. But you don't distress me, so you must not be that good at that job. <laughs> Thank you again, guys. This is amazing. Yes. Thanks, Damo. And and thank you uh, to all the rest of the mod team. Um, Green Eyes, Pins, Uni, Alt, or Mako Chikobo, whichever one you like. Libby Chocolate and Rhino. Shark. Thank you so much. Chocolate Shark to, to everyone <laughs> in the Thank you guys so much. Yeah, so these, awesome. these are really awesome. Thank you. Yeah. These are so- these are amazing. And like I said, I have Willie's and Willie will be getting his. Um oh. I don't I don't want to spoil his, but it's just as awesome as everyone else's. So I got the future war cult future war cult banner across the top of the, the front page. It's cool. Yeah, I got um I- the omen, the one that I have on chat. Yeah, mine's the one that's on chat too, which is the Night Stalker. 
one for the yeah i'm i'm blown away guys so thank you so much the attention to detail on it is amazing that you guys are able to like figure out like you know this remembering what type of icons that we like to use and mm-hmm. remembering like our cl- well it's not hard to remember our classes because justin and i kind of throw it in everyone's yeah. face but i mean <laughs> it's not our fault <laughs> i mean we're just hunters that's what do you, what do you expect <laughs> chat. we specifically stalked all of you and handpicked cards and shaders and implos <laughs> Well, it is appreciated. This is the one and only time you will. Less. I know, though you'll hear me say, I appreciate your stalking abilities. Because <laughs> full stars all around. 